going on, everybody? Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Unlockables Podcast Season 2. Unlockables Podcast 2, Electric Boogaloo? I don't know. Uh, my name is Eric, your host as always. Welcome back to another exciting episode. I'd like to thank you for tuning in wherever, whenever, in time and space you might be located. It means so much to me that you're willing to hit that play button, check out the show, see what we're doing on this side of the internet, talking about games and all kinds of other weird stuff. So, But enough about that. I don't want to spend too much time getting into the introductions of the show. You guys already know what the show is about, unless you're a first-time listener. Welcome and get ready for this stuff. Uh, I don't know. I'm rambling at this point. It's nine o'clock at night. I have a cup of coffee here. Let's see what happens. Today, if you didn't know by the title of the episode, we're going to be uh, talking about a game that came out a couple of months ago. We're going to be taking a dive down the Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet rabbit hole and discuss everything about this game, the story, the gameplay, and everything that was surrounding this game when it came out. But I felt like that was a pretty tall task to tackle by myself, and I thought that it would be prudent to bring in some certified Pokemon experts. So today I have with me the venerable, literal, as close to I could find real-life Pokemon Masters as there could possibly be. I have my good friend Tyler from the Switch It Up podcast and Jared from the Play Along podcast. Gentlemen, Thank you for joining me this late night. How are you both doing today? I'm doing awesome. Eric, thanks for having me on again. You killed that intro. Even with Tyler's sick dances he was doing, you were not distracted. <laughs> you were not wavered. I tried to throw him off. I really did. I thought I could so get him. The funny thing is I have to, I literally have to turn on the other screen when I'm doing the intro. I can't look at you guys, so I didn't see any of the dancing, <laughs> if I'm being honest. That's good. That's good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to talk about more Pokemon. Tyler, I feel like we were uh, we were just here. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is going to be a lot of retreading of what we, yeah. we talked about. Like, this is, we're, like, you're going to hear the phrase, we probably talked about this on the other episode <laughs> yeah. a lot. Yeah, exactly. But, Hey, uh, it's it's been a while, and Jared, I'm, mm. have you finished the game by this yes, point? Yes, I have. I have finished the game. Oh, that's Last good. time we <laughs> then talked, gonna, then we're going to be able to end. talk about a lot more. So stick through this yes. episode, and you'll hear. Even if you listen to the <laughs> other episode that Jared and I are on together, yeah. you're going to hear a lot more stuff. And of course, in the classic, uh, unique, unlockable style. So what's not to like? But yeah, thanks right. for having me, Eric. Again, always a pleasure to be on the show. Yeah, the classical and unique unlockable style of it just being like a car careening over all sides of the road and we're just going to see no, where the road no, takes no us. <laughs> no, it's too late for self-deprecation. That's right. It's that. too late in the night. Tyler's there's, been, there's hold, Tyler's been holding me to my... can't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler's been holding me to my New Year's resolution to be nicer to myself. So you thank go. you. I, I appreciate that. But... Uh, yeah, uh, you guys already know why we're here, but before we dive into it, besides uh, Pokemon, which I know we've probably all been dabbling in a little bit, have you guys been uh, checking out any of the other games that have been out there the last couple months? Oh man, uh, gosh, what have I been playing? Jared's like literally too many things. Yeah, literally too many things. Um, okay, well, d depending on when this, this comes out, screw it, whatever, we'll give your audience a secret peel back to uh, my my podcast here. But I have been playing through our next main series that we're conquering, which is Mass Effect. And, wow. Big one. Uh, yeah, big one for sure. I love this franchise. Kai and Ben both haven't played it yet. So I'm excited to have them play through this game for the first time. Uh, I haven't touched the Legendary Edition yet. So jumping into it, beautiful. Still looks amazing. I mean, the character designs are definitely like an early 2000s, mid 2000s <laughs> character designs for sure. But the lighting and the graphics and everything have been overhauled for the modern consoles. And I forgot how much I just love 
Bioware RPGs. It's it's I'm only like in the beginning and it's so much fun. I'm loving it so much. Right. The the classic era of Bioware RPGs before they kind of hit some rough spots for sure. Yeah. Um yeah, I I played Mass Effect. I played like the first one on PlayStation mm. 3. Uh, the problem I ran into is they were all already out when I started playing them, and mm. everyone like knows how great Mass Effect Two is. Like, and when they talk right. about the Mass Effect trilogy it, it, across the board, it's great. But when people talk about it specifically, the second one is yeah. like the standard to which everything else is held to. And I was trying so hard to get through Mass Effect One without like the quality of life fixes of like a HD like Legendary Collection. And right. you know, whenever I would hit like rough patches in the first one, it would just be like. Man, Mass Effect 2 is right around the corner. And just wait, I, I eventually, wait a little longer. I'm almost yeah, there. I'm almost to Mass I, Effect I eventually 2. just dropped off because other stuff came out. So, um, yeah, Mass Effect's a huge hole in my in my gaming history. And it's something that I need to remedy and go back and hopefully next couple of years be able to do Interesting. that. Interesting. Uh, okay. I'll, yeah, keep, I'll yeah. keep that in mind. If you haven't played Mass Effect, yeah, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, we uh, need to hook up for uh, Get Rex here sometime soon right? for sure. Right? <laughs> uh, other than that, long. I actually jumped into Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh, uh, Kobe pestered me enough to finally check it out. I've never touched <laughs> Final Fantasy VII before. I literally know nothing about the story. Don't know how to avoid mostly most spoilers all this time. But wow, God, that game is gorgeous. It is so beautiful, and that soundtrack is banging. It's so good. I'm I'm loving my time with it so far. It's Square at its best, I think for sure. Yeah, yeah I love that one. When I played it too. I'm, I'm probably gonna hit another playthrough before Rebirth comes out this year. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Colby's Colby's pretty much gotten us all into the cult yeah. of the Final Fantasy <laughs> he's, he's remake. Spreading Final the, Fantasy VII virus. The, the words Final Fantasy VII haven't been uttered without Colby's name close behind in a long time. <laughs> he's laying in bed and he like just like it. sits up real quick. He's like, "What? What's that?" He has a yeah, he's, every, like, he's he is he's having a coughing fit right now. All right. <laughs> like they're, they're talking about Colby in Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You think Rebirth's coming out this year? Because Colby is not of the, on that train. He definitely thinks it's next year. I think it's uh, next year too. It maybe I don't know if it, it could literally be anything. I'm still not convinced that Zelda or Final Fantasy 16 are coming out this year. So, okay, hold I mean, on. The Zelda thing we can we can keep on that because I want that to come out this year. Yeah, <laughs> right, I mean, right. Zelda's we, we've waited a long time through a few delays for that one. Right. So yeah, it feels I like mean, it's at its apex point now. So mm-hmm. everything was delayed last year. So I'm just it's a frame of mind where it's like I don't believe any dates. That's fair. Until, that's true. Yeah, that's until fair. something comes out. So uh, that's a yeah. fair mindset. Yeah, that's fine. Tyler, what have you been checking out lately? Oh, I actually have a, a, a good variety. So, Pokemon, not really the game. Well, I did, I, I have gone back to Scarlet and Violet, mm-hmm. for, well, Violet specifically for a little bit, uh, to Shiny Hunt a bit more, to uh, do some competitive stuff. And, uh, but it's mostly Pokemon Showdown, uh, testing out a, some teams for, for VGC, because that's my favorite format. Nice. Uh, but yeah, honestly, I, we're gonna get into this at some point. But this is the most fun I've had with like competitive Pokemon in a while. In a while, mm-hmm. uh, is such such a cool mechanic. Like it, oh, it's just so, so cool. and 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 so many. There's so many cool Pokemon too. Like my team is almost made entirely of Paldea Pokemon. They're mm-hmm. they're awesome. But yeah, so that, that's the Pokemon stuff I've been doing. I I went back to Metroid Dread to do the boss rush. I still haven't uh, played that. That, that was a, a while back more. I think mm. I even said that on, on the other episode you were on, Jared. But mm. I keep finding myself coming back to that because the bosses are just so fun to fight. And it's just such a I just it's such a nice flow. I'm like, okay, I have like 10 minutes before I go to class. Let me get a few boss runs in, try and get a few seconds better on my time, and then I'm done. I can put my switch back in the dock and get out of there. Mm-hmm. So very, very fun time with that. Uh, I have started Fire Emblem Engage. Uh, nice. I'm on chapter <laughs> 11. 
Ooh, that's a good uh, one. About 13, 14 hours in now. And uh, I'd like to save my thoughts on that for its own episode because there are many <laughs> and they are conflicting and I still haven't finished the game so I can't really talk too yeah. much about it. But is is uh, it I'm as like, long as Three Houses? Do you know if it's like long or is it not as long? Well, I guess Three Houses had like the multiple routes. So Yeah, there are more chapters in like and then right. there isn't like an individual route because like fire emblem three houses like one route is 60 hours basically oh, <laughs> uh but in engage it feels like the chapters are like rapid fire mm-hmm. oh interesting like like at the beginning I, you, I was flying through like chapter after chapter like it wasn't some chapters weren't even in like an hour like it, i was just like a, one battle in the next chapter mm-hmm. i'm like holy shit this is going really fast yeah, I'll be I'll be I'll be curious to hear your thoughts when you when you fully have them because I, I have a feeling <laughs> I know that uh, you and and Colby and some other people in our, our podcast group came to the mm. series through Three Houses and then mm. this this is a definitely me being a little bit more of an older head and I you know show my age by ranting about oh back in my day Weapon Triangle old <laughs> Fire Emblems all that stuff um, I, I'm having a, a different experience than a lot of you guys. Our mm-hmm. podcasting group has predominantly experienced the game through three houses. And uh, I think yeah. besides Alejandro from Random Gamers Corner and myself, like there aren't, aren't really any older Fire Emblem heads in mm-hmm. our group. So it's interesting to see like the things you guys talk about versus like the things that Alejandro and I have come to appreciate over years of, of playing the game. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think that'll be really interesting for, for a good conversation. Yeah, I'm this sure one's it'll be another three-hour episode. So yeah, I'm, you're, I'm, you're here, I'm here for it. I, I tweeted yeah. it out. I was like, three-hour episode win. And I was like, it's going to happen. <laughs> it's but, inevitable. Don't worry. Uh, what were you right. saying, Jared? Oh, I was saying that this one specifically has caught my eye more than any of the others. I, I like three houses, and three houses seemed interesting for sure. But the idea of like these three separate 60-hour kind of experiences and kind of getting the full experience that way kind of put me off. So hearing that Engage might be a little bit of a shorter experience and more like some some tight-knit gameplay it's kind of kind of what i've heard from a lot of people is is really interesting mm-hmm. yeah I th- eric and i had an interesting conversation in dms about this i i said mm. that fire emblem engage is the monster hunter rise to fire emblem three houses monster hunter Ooh. World. i also started playing monster hunter rise i didn't say that in my thing but it's really good Ooh, i'm hell enjoying yeah, dude. it a lot let's go baby thank god with us man yeah i'm down i'm down i'm using the hammer the hammer is so fun to use hammer is amazing Ooh, we welcome to the point. welcome to the Very hunting nice. family jared we're happy to have you i can see the addiction already <laughs> spreading so thanks Did you <laughs> get it on uh on console on um yeah on xbox I'm, playstation yeah when it dropped on game pass is when i when mm, i picked very it up. nice yeah it I looks crisp pro- on xbox it oh, looks so we, it looks so good we won't be able to hop in with you unfortunately but we can certainly be here to be your wise uh elders to, to <laughs> more moral right support path. and information yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I did have one last game Mm-hmm. before we move on i i went back to xenoblade chronicles 3 oh uh, because i stopped i was not emotionally prepared to go back to it when the credits stopped <laughs> i knew there was post-game stuff but i was like i need to sit on this for a good month uh yeah. before i come back but uh i knew there was some post-game stuff with uh with nia so went and did that uh and i decided to buy the expansion pass because mm-hmm. i had you know, I had some Christmas money set aside for, for Switch money. I was like, well, I'm going to get the DLC anyway. So I'll get the expansion pass. And there's a, because the first wave is already out. So I played right. through the first wave. That was a new hero quest. A lot more substance than I actually thought would be in it. That's good. Uh, 
like it's not just like a hero cutscene, then you're done. Like it's a full, like it's a whole new like system for this one singular hero. It's it's really interesting. So, a lot of going back to old games and and doing some housekeeping and DLC stuff and starting engage. So that's that's what I've been doing. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and as far as I'm going, yeah, I've pretty much exclusively been playing Fire Emblem Engage since it came out. That's been consuming yeah. most of my life and yeah. then every once in a while uh you know i got the, i hopped on that xbox game pass one dollar for the first month trial that's right been amazing best, best Great deal in deal. gaming best deal in gaming and Indeed. um my my wife likes to play video games but she she likes video games that are more like a chore so i was like oh i got mm-hmm. the perfect one and we've been playing every night a uh, power wash simulator oh and my god <laughs> bonding spraying down some houses and some cars and stuff and you know say what you will about it but there's something that there's something very just zen and relaxing about it you're just able to like zone out and just just clean it's it's very satisfying um it's so I, strange like that I, game it's, and it's very it, strange <laughs> like it's getting a tomb raider like collaboration and i'm like well what I other like <laughs> what other things can i wash i was like hyrule castle question mark like i'll wash oh hyrule castle that'd be, that'd be power, so cool wash the mouse off of hyrule castle <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly that'd be so cool uh power wash simulator is the Fortnite of simulator games it's just all across it's gonna start collecting all these these different franchises <laughs> and locations i'm here for all the master wash. places you yeah. can go yeah, yeah master wash that but oh you, you got you gotta subscribe to the uh, power wash simulator battle pass to get all the uh oh, that's so L- listen <laughs> if they were like hey you go to the mushroom kingdom hey you could go to honestly you know no. like one of the halo spaceships or something like that would be that would be dope. I would be down. Just for like that, cleaning for off sure. pelicans on like big halo ships and everything. <laughs> yeah. mm. The possibility the power simulator call us. Endless. We have the endless. Yeah, we, ha- we got, yeah, we we got have the ideas. The, we got the ideas. Clean the divine beasts. <laughs> that, oh, that would be so cool. <laughs> Breath of the Wild by Zelda by itself, I feel like has like unlimited possibilities. Just so add a just add a power wash weapon to uh, Tears of the Kingdom. And no, it's just Varuta. Like we just go around with Varuta, oh, yeah, just power washing the entire the world. Yeah. <laughs> That's a billion dollar power wash simulator developer. Seriously, yeah. Call. I, mean, I know you so probably won't listen. On the, won't on take the odds too much royalties, do, I promise. I'll make a TikTok. I'll put it out there. I'll, everybody just share it with everybody, <laughs> and we'll, we'll get attention. But um, yeah, just to quickly yeah, echo some of Tyler's points on engage. Yeah, if if you're coming from three houses, it's your first experience. It's definitely something different. But if you if you're a person that appreciates the older Fire Emblem games. Uh, it takes so many things from all these older games and mm-hmm. just kind of does them so well. And with the engage system and the emblem rings and stuff, there's so much depth for like variety and building your team and unit builds that uh, I, I think people are just starting to scratch the surface and figure out like how insane you can make some of these characters. So um, for me, the way Tyler was describing it is like that's the way I grew up with Fire Emblem. It's like you, mm-hmm. there's dialogue, then you're on to the next chapter. Like it's constantly moving you towards the next battle, mm-hmm. and I I appreciate that. Uh, the story not fantastic. It's it's pretty <laughs> cringe. Although I will say, with what they had to work with, the voice cast is incredible. No, VA um, is great. VA work yeah, is VA very is good. great. Uh, they got a couple actors from My Hero Academia in there. Our boys that's at Aguilar turns as Violet. Yeah. Yuri Lowenthal returns as Marth, so the the voice cast is 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 I saw that. fantastic. I was like, Sasuke, and is that you? I hear your voice. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the individual characters of Engage right. are very interesting. Like yes. they're not as deep as Three Houses characters, but they are they are very fun to dive into. But the plot mm. as a whole, in my opinion, leaves a lot to be very desired. shallow very shallow and just kind of all them together is it's there's some cringe moments so I, even yeah. i was like uh I me like the kingdom hearts like, guy i really yeah. don't like the main protagonist 
like personally, uh, like I you don't like Pepsi. I mean, John? He's okay. Yeah, Pepsi shot. <laughs> Honestly, the V the VA for Alir is is sick as hell. Like I'm doing mail. Yeah. Like he's laying it on the floor, but man, mm-hmm. like just the the personality of the character is just like, bro, come on. It did seem like it had a goofier tone just from the the advertising than Three Houses did. Like in seeing some of the, like the clips and some of the gameplay, that it seemed a little goofier too. It's it's the worst goofiest parts of Fire Emblem cranked up to eleven. Sometimes to the point where oh, it's no. comical, and then other times it's just really uncomfortable. Is there so. any actual like funny moments, or is just like uncomfortable cringe and like that? Oh, no, there is. I, there I think is. there's some funny moments for sure. Okay, yeah, okay, I've for laughed sure. out loud at a couple, which I didn't laugh out loud too much at Three Houses, but like this game, like several times I've chuckled. I was like, ah, yeah. Uh, before um, we turn this into a three into a uh, engage episode, <laughs> you're right. You're right. Um, yeah, we uh, well, should move on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, Tyler, thank you so much for keeping me on, on, on pace. There, I really appreciate it. But I just saw the 20 yeah. minute mark. I'm like, God, we can just talk, <laughs> man. Like we really just we go really can just sometimes. talk about literally anything. Yeah, we do. Uh, but why? Yeah, why don't we just dive into uh, the game of the hour, like we said? And of course, that game is Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, the ninth generation installments of the Pokemon series, developed by our wonderful good friends at Game Freak and published by Nintendo, released worldwide November 18th, 2022, after being announced the same this February 20th of this year. Uh, and this brings the number of mainline Pokemon games to 38, which is insane. Currently sitting at a 72 on Metacritic, 8.2, 5 out of 10 for Game Informer, 6 out of 10 IGN, 38 out of 40 from Famitsu. Three out of five stars from The Guardian. Uh, just a couple of quick notes here that kind of blow my mind. Uh, it is the most pre-ordered game in the series history. It sold 10 million copies in three days, 4 million copies in Japan alone, uh, making it the highest selling software sales on a Nintendo console in a three-day stretch and the best launch of any console exclusive in history. <laughs> so, Whoa. Um, absolute wild. juggernaut, yeah. Uh, Couple other notes here. The features an Ed song by uh, fellow Ginger and Ed Sheeran <laughs> called Celestial, and our boy Toby Fox of Undertale fame assisted in the Ooh. creation of some of the music. Fun fact there. Shout out to Toby Fox, who's a genius when it comes to all things video games. But, mm. gentlemen, with that laying the field, I just want to toss over to you guys. Let's dive in. Mm-hmm. Initial thoughts, initial feelings on Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet. Oh man. Um yeah, I think that this game, you know, leading up to launch Gen 9 was really exciting. I'm I'm always excited when a new generation comes out. Excited for the new Pokémon, excited for the new possibilities. And then getting into the game and walking around, it was just like it really was this kind of magical feeling of being like like we're here. Like this this is what I've wanted from Pokémon for a very long time. Like this is the open world Pokémon. And 
I mean, we'll, we'll get into kind of some of the, the the drawbacks to that. But with me, I almost immediately saw like frame rate issues the second like I saw those starters come out, and it was like, I mean, okay, I'm like, okay, this is this is fine. And usually, I don't have a problem with a lot of that stuff too. Again, for me in a Pokemon game, it has new Pokemon. They look cool. I can catch them. That's really all I need. <laughs> I'm pretty easy to right. satisfy when it comes to Pokemon games. Um, but yeah, those that that initial feeling and then getting into the world for the first time was it. It was magical. It honestly really was. Tyler, um, coming off of Pokemon Legends Arceus, mm-hmm. uh, which is probably my favorite game in the series now. Uh, mm-hmm. I was interested wow. to see uh, what they did with this game, and. I mean, I'm obligated to get every Pokemon game on launch, essentially, now that I'm literally <laughs> in an extracurricular club for it. Um, you know, we, we've talked at length about how Game Freak has just, just has us wrapped around the finger with nostalgia. And just mm. the allure of Pokemon yeah. is so strong that it overshadows so many technical, like so many issues that a game might have as right. long as Pokemon is on the title. It's such a strange phenomenon that like like any other franchise that could like, that would release in such a state as Scarlet and Violet did would be lampooned to the high heavens. Yeah. But I don't know, even me, even my cynical butt, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it did not hamper my enjoyment at all. Like when yeah. Nimona takes you up to the lighthouse at the start of your journey, it's like, look at all this place you get to explore. I'm like, I can't see anything, Nimona. <laughs> that bird is flying at one frame per second right now. Right. Is this Nimona, a scree- it's just screeching man, across the, the screen. <laughs> th- that man is in Minecraft. Yeah. <laughs> he is. Exactly. Like, that is not how body parts look down there. Right. Uh, those trees are laptop stickers that you just put up on standees, Nimona. Uh, yeah, no, the graphics are not great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it doesn't even have like the the um, the Gen 8 thing where like the towns and cities look really good and very detailed, yeah. but the wild area looks bad. Now that everything is the wild area, everything it kind all looks of bad. looks bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like character models look fine for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pokemon models look fantastic. Like those are oh, Pokemon looks detailed. so good. You can see the could, scales mm-hmm. on an Arbok, the texture on on all sorts of metallic Pokemon mm-hmm. looks fantastic. But yeah, the frame rate issues I still have today, like all yeah, all the time, pretty same. much. But yeah, I. I I'm very apologetic for Pokemon, even though I try to walk the tightrope between like saying like, yes, this is absolutely a problem. But for me personally, didn't hamper my enjoyment. So yeah, I had a great time. I thought the story was intriguing. Uh, and I'm sure we'll get into that now that we uh, now that we have all finished the game. We'll definitely get into that further <laughs> down the line, I'm sure. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, the new Pokemon were fantastic. Lots of great new normal types in there. Got to represent. Uh I don't know. Paldea definitely has its charms that can o- that has overshadowed most of the technical issues for me. Mm-hmm. But you know, again, it, it's such a hard feeling to describe that I'll probably never be able to articulate it correctly, like yeah, I have in my mind. And it's such a weird feeling, like trying to like portray those feelings to someone else too. Like a lot of people that I noticed with this generation, people that that did like Pokemon were like, oh. Like, this is not great. And I'm like, I know, I know, I know. 
but it's like it's good still you know <laughs> it's still good but it's not yeah. good i mean it, it doesn't seem i was about to say it didn't seem to hamper sales at all obviously no. from the previous facts i'm and also I know just a lot as of people confused who are, yeah, I know a lot of people who are getting into the series with this and absolutely loving it. So it's yeah, it's such a strange phenomenon, Pokemon games. But you know, yeah, uh, if, if you want to think that it it hampered sales or anything like that, uh, the comparison I used when I was putting together this document, the comparison I used was God of War Ragnarok, which was supposed to be like the game of the year next to mm-hmm. Elden Ring. Right, first week uh, hit like four million units, which is the greatest start for a Sony game ever. And Nintendo and Pokemon blew out of the water in three days. Three days didn't even like it's blew out of the water and for sales in Japan by itself. Mm-hmm. So Pokemon I don't, man, like what it's I'm, it's unbelievable the, the power that Pokemon yeah. has. Like, I'm so curious with this franchise, too, because I mean, bringing on the conversation, we always talk about like clearly this game is marketed towards children where like God of War is not going to fit that niche as well. I mean, there's probably kids that play God of War, but in terms of marketing, they're not marketing towards kids, not necessarily. So I the I imagine there is a large group of children that are playing this too, but I don't know where I'd seen this. And maybe this is a fake fact that I'm making up, but I saw like a lot of the fan base was like people between the ages of like, like mid twenties to late to like mid thirties. Like that was kind of like, I have have never seen a kid play Pokemon. No, I've never never seen someone younger than me play Pokemon. (laughs) Exactly. It's, it's, It's all people our age. And yeah, if you just going into like my thoughts a little bit here, it's like, Obviously, the conversation around this game, yes, when when you first talk about it and when it first came out, it, it's the frame rate issues. It's mm. how come this game performs so badly on the Switch? Again, not defending the Switch hardware because the Switch mm-hmm. hardware was underpowered when it came out. We're six years into its life cycle, which makes me feel old, and it's beginning to show its age. But yeah. you have things that exist like Xenoblade 3, like Breath of the Wild, Monster I mean, Hunter Rise. looks beautiful. Yeah, yeah Engage looks great like, too games that look pretty good on it and function pretty mm-hmm. good like better than they probably have any right to and this game just it, it seems to just kind of rip and tear at the seams sometimes yeah i i don't know i like i just i'm not technical i don't know why that is but like like you guys said despite all that my wife and i had a blast playing this game together like it was mm-hmm. for whatever reason like the glitches and stuff just like enhanced our experience because like it'd be hilarious just to be like walking through a town and then see like a random old man just like disappearing get raptured into heaven like just <laughs> off off the streets like i thought that was like hilarious or like yeah. you know if you throw out your starter it's or your pokemon too close to like a, a lake shore or something like it'll slowly slide into the lake as the battle goes like i just thought that stuff was like the, the funniest thing mm-hmm. or being able to like skyrim jump up the side of a cliff uh with the legendary pokemon like I, all that stuff is that, like, that, I didn't that really, jump became popular so quickly where you like face opposite direction then jump back the backwards and then jump, jump to you jumping yep. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw it like the first day it was out and I'm like oh yeah this makes perfect sense like, and it was Skyrim really easy to do I did it like the first try and I was like oh cool I don't need these other these other abilities yeah yeah and it's and, and it's like the, the, the people are it's like very clearly there's a path to like get where you're going but once mm-hmm. us as a gaming community decides like no the quickest path is up the side of this cliff that we have no diff we have no like business being on we're going up the side of that cliff in any yeah. fucking goofy way we can figure out yeah um, but like this despite all that like i think you guys can't, like hit the nail on the head even I, I went back towards the end of last year and i got to do a pokemon red and blue episode on the main quest and mm-hmm. There's even back then, there's just there's some kind of like intangible magic about Pokemon that's difficult to like put into words that yeah just makes it something so beloved. And 
you were right. You guys are exactly right. Like this open world Pokemon game, you know, albeit limited because of level scaling and stuff. It's refreshing and it feels like a fulfillment of something that we've been asking for them for, for a really long time. Yeah. And just that exploring the world and discovering new things. I mean, it honestly, not to the same degree, but it it felt like when I played breath of the wild for the first time and just that exploration, Mm -hmm. obviously it's not as open as that, but, and just the glitches and stuff like that. I never encountered like the severe game breaking ones that some people seem to yeah. encounter. None of mine, none of mine were ever game breaking either. It was just yeah. frame rate. Like a lot of it was when you were riding the legendary or when you get into large towns and you would jump and everything. Like that's really the only times I had major diff- like problems. I never fell through the geometry. I had some times where like depending on when you turn the camera, it would like clip through the floor. You'd like duck that under, was probably, yeah. Yeah, that was probably the biggest like glitch that I ran into when playing the game the most noticeable thing for me was man when you go those windmills are bad oh yeah (laughs) like when you go near the windmills and they're just moving (laughs) like jerking along at like 10 frames per second it's like ooh, that's not great (laughs) especially like what's his name uh oh gosh what's the grass gym um brassius brassius yeah his getting all the sun flora it was funny because i started that gym and I got a couple of them. I was like, oh, I saw so many people talking about the frame rate. I was like, oh, it's fine. But then I got more of them and I was like, oh, OK, there yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> There's them yeah. walking at like two frames a second. Yeah, we'll touch on that. But for me, it was when you got up to like that north uh, western part, northeastern part of the map. No, mm. western part of the map where the giant mm. lake was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then swimming around in the map in the in the lake was oh it, God, it chugged pretty bad. Do not go and so. do not even get the lake <laughs> near you if you want to play the game. Like, oh, my exactly. God, just avoid, was, just avoid that bad. part of the map if all possible. <laughs> yeah, just just don't. I mean, you have Solid to go up there. Five but, frames. If you go there. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we jump into to gameplay and some of the story, because I think there there's some cool stuff that the gameplay and the story do in, mm. in this version. Um, what was like your guys' team that you rocked with for for most of the game? Just curious. Yeah, like starter and then like. Right but I'll, I'll, so I'll, I'll go as as Tyler gets buses out his switch. So I started with um, I was going to use Quaxley because I was I was Quack Pack from day one. Hell yeah. Uh, but I saw its final Evo and I was like, that's gross. You have nasty toes. <laughs> uh, so I shipped I shipped it away and I got a um, Quake Coco and Skeletor is clearly the, the oh, yeah. best choice between the three of them. Let's go. Uh, Miascarada is growing on me for sure, but. I love Skeletor. His typing fire ghost is always super cool. Such a cool design, too. I love his little bird that comes out when he sings. He does like his mm-hmm. fire song. Awesome. Torch song um, is OP. Best, like, best move. It's so good. Oh, yeah. And it's like, why run Fire Blast when you can have this that boosts your special attack every time you use mm-hmm. it? Uh, so I had Skeletor. I had uh, Flamigo to the very end because I Hell saw Flamigo yes. and I was <laughs> like, go. I love this guy. He's my cute little Flamingo friend. I'm going to keep him till the very <laughs> end. Uh, and he's good. He has like a de- he's decent speed. He has a decent attack stat too. I mean, people are disappointed that he doesn't evolve, which I mean, yeah, if we had a cool like Flamingo. That would have been awesome. But uh, what else did I have on my team? Gosh, I'm blanking now. At the very end, I ended up using a Dragonite and a Gyarados because nice. I had... I had Classic. a toad scroll. Oh my god, toad scroll! Amazing. Uh oh, uh oh. We lost the input track for some reason. Oh yeah, it's gone.
yeah, Gyarados and <laughs> Dragonite. I was using a Toad Scroll, and he was just not doing the trick in the Elite Four. So I swapped them out, brought in Dragonite, Gyarados, classic. They're great. This was the first time I like used Gyarados in-game. I don't think I had to even battled one or anything like that, but it looks beautiful. Like, the texture's on it. It, yeah. just, it looks great. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I had them. Who else did I have? Oh, I had... Um, oh, gosh. What's his name? I brought in the... Um, the car, the the engine. I'm blanking on the engine's name. The engine. Yeah, like the, the car. The, the car. The in the engine Pokemon. Why am I? Oh, Rev Revroom. Revroom. Yeah, I brought Rev-a-room. one of those in. Yeah. I actually like him. He's really cool. The typing <laughs> no, surprised awesome. me. I wasn't. I was. I was convinced it was going to be Ghost, like Ghost Steel kind of situation. But like Poison is is an interesting typing for sure. Yeah. Just the yeah. anti fairy Pokemon is yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally the anti anti fairy Pokemon. But yeah, those are some of the Pokemon that I was using. So I'll go next because my team was a train wreck, and uh, <laughs> it, it was it was this was a, this was really bad. So mo- this team worked for most of the time, and this is a collection of like mine and my wife's favorite Pokemon with some new ones thrown in. Mm. So obviously, Rock Skeledurge, Fue Coco from day one, uh, nice. Ride or Die, um, Lucario. I just have a soft spot for Lucario. I don't know if it's because of Smash Bros, but gotta have Lucario. Ampharos is literally my wife's favorite Pokemon, so of course I had to have Ampharos in there. Oh, Ampharos um, is great. Dreadnought for my to cover my water type. Uh, Backscalibur because have to use the new dragon. I just dragon types big big win. Uh, and then Midnight Lycanroc. I'd never used a Lycanroc before, so I was like, oh, this would be kind of cool. Um, this team rocked for most of this game, and then once I got to once I finished up the path with uh, Arvin and fought him, uh, he had the infamous uh, Toad Scroll. Yep. Toads, yeah, Toad Scroll is how you say mm-hmm. it. And uh, my team got fucking bodied hard by that grass <laughs> ground typing. Just <laughs> yeah. absolutely wrecked. And so that was when I realized that most of my team gets absolutely wrecked by ground types. But I, I took this team to the end because I built it together with my wife. And that's what it was. Um, looking back, yeah, definitely could have made some some better decisions. So now I have an irrational fear of, of uh, Toad Scroll. Yeah, of, of ground types and of Toad Scroll specifically. <laughs> Good uh, thing there's not a ground terrifying. type Elite Four member or anything. Yeah, as soon as yeah, yeah, that, 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 <laughs> dude, it was funny because we we were playing. My wife was like, "All right, we're going to the Elite Four now," and we we're going. And this guy's giving us the the interview, and I'm like, "Watch this guy be a fucking ground type user." And sure enough, like ground type. So, yeah, it was not not a fun time with the end of that. But I I wanted to stick with it because that, that had been my team for like like 65 percent of the game, and I was like, "Oh, right. rocket." So yeah. yeah, yeah, not good, not good type planning on my part at all. <laughs> hey, but sometimes you got to have the the homies. In. you know the ones you love the yeah. ones that look cool you gotta win with maybe, your favorites man yeah maybe they yeah. don't work well together but who cares yeah and i built the team with my wife so i, I couldn't like right. I, i'm like i'm not backing out so and then obviously once crydon's in there swap him in and out sometimes but mm. mostly he was just a horsey so yeah that's what i rocked with tyler i'm curious to see your the master battler here who, who'd you rock with well uh on the subject of type planning uh, I decided to do something a little different for my playthrough team. Yeah. Uh, and I decided to rep my favorite type because I did mono normal for my... T- I only use normal types. Here to we see, go. To see how I could beat it. It was actually a really nice challenge. I really liked it. Gave me just, mm. a, a, just a tad more challenge, but it, it was perfect. It, I, I really liked yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I chose Quaxley at the beginning. 
uh, I have because I you know I wasn't gonna have a full team of normal types out the gate. Right. So I, I had Quaxley for a while. I evolved it into Quaxwell. I hated the design, so I boxed it right then and there. <laughs> That's exactly uh, where it would have happened to me too. I was like, nope. ironically, all three starters are like super good and competitive. Like each, mm-hmm. every single one is really good. That's good. But, you know, uh, that's a tangent. Uh, I boxed him. As soon as I stepped outside of, uh, what's the main city's name? Metagoza? Yeah. Is that right? Yes. Mm -hmm. As soon as I stepped outside, I found a shiny Mareep. Oh, damn. That's so so cool. I I have a shiny Ampharos named Joy that I used for a little bit while I was getting my team together. And then I got the team going proper. So, Mm mm-hmm. I believe the first one I got was, uh, and I nicknamed all my Pokemon. So it is Choa the Grafii that I got outside of Metagoza. Normal, normal poison type, very nice. That was something I had my eye on uh, ever since the trailer for it came out. Cool typing too. Very cool typing. I, I really liked the poison type. Came in very handy for some of the boss battles of the game. Uh, we also got uh, the ace of my team. Uh, Cyclazar, uh, which I named LT. Let's go. <laughs> uh, normal, dr- normal dragon type. Uh, just the absolute powerhouse of my team. Super, super strong Pokemon. Uh, I, I loved it to death. It was fantastic. Uh, after that, I got uh, Gurn, the Arbalova. So the normal grass evolution of Smoliv. Smoliv, yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, Seed Sour was really, really good. Uh, he... Uh, Gurn was my main special attacker, so it had Dazzling Gleam, Energy Ball, Pollen Puff, and then Leech Seed for some mm. uh, for some survivability. Then I got the two new Johto evolutions. So I got Dadun Sparse named Finale and Ferrigiraffe <laughs> nice. uh, named Epilogue. So we had so cool. We had this Dun the Dadun Sparse was actually a Terra Pokemon that I found in the wild, and it was a Poison type mm. Terra type. So Ooh, nice. Uh, that actually helped me uh, in a battle later in the game against our particular Sylveon. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah. it was very, very nice. And then Epilogue, again, a very good... I needed a good special attacker. I originally had an Oinkalone uh, named Weezer from the beginning of the game, <laughs> but it just could not It could not compete with everything that yeah. I was going up against. So I had... And all of my stuff was like physical attacker except for Gurn, so switched it out for Epilogue, got that psychic typing, mm-hmm. got that special yeah. attack. Very good. And then the final slot really surprised me because I did not know what I was... I thought I was going to get like Mousehold or something. I was, uh, ask, I was like, that wait, I was like, you didn't use Mousehold on your team? No, I did not great. use Mousehold because I couldn't find it. I, I didn't realize it was up the, oh, yeah. uh, the, the road to the, um, the league. I didn't realize it was there. But I got a Squawkabilly named Jettison. And Squawkabilly. Wow. It was really, really good, actually. Uh, it had Intimidate. It's basically Star Raptor Light. Yeah. Like it's got Intimidate. It's got Speed. It's got good. It's got good Attack Stat. It's got Foul Play, Quick Attack. Brave Bird hits like a truck. Uh, wow. Yeah, that was that was the the unsung hero of the run for sure. In the Elite Four, he he knocked the floor off of uh, all of Larry's flying type Pokemon. Knock the floor off? I don't think that's a saying. But regardless, it, <laughs> it is now. It, and, it, it, uh, it is my, now. <laughs> my mono normal team ended up uh, beating the league. Obviously, I had a. F- I did have a few losses in this game. Mm-hmm. I lost to uh, a particular uh, trainer who says he's not good at battling. Uh, 
because uh, I I finished that story and he was ten levels higher than my Pokemon. I almost won. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. it was a one on one, but I could not beat that 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 dog. But then oh, I also, man. of course, lost I think twice to the fighting type specialist uh, of Team Star because mm, yeah. obviously yeah. I was gonna have fucking I was gonna have trouble with that. But uh, Epilogue came through. Terra typed into Pure Psychic to resist the attacks. Uh, and Damn. eventually, uh, eventually got got it down. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that team is is genius, and it helps so much, especially in situations like that where you're trying yeah. to cover some weaknesses. Yeah, it, you don't use it too much because you know every wild Pokemon you find is going to have one of its Terra types as its Terra type. But in some cases, it really it really does help to turn from like a dual type into a pure type. So mm-hmm. there are a few creative situations. Again, it's kind of like. It's kind of like uh, like Zim. Well, Zimus were used a lot in that. Basically, you yeah. don't use it all the time. It's not like something you have to use every battle. But right. yeah. the few times that you do use it can be very memorable, especially if you're in a sticky situation. So I uh, tend to use the, mine. Those are the normal boys. Lot. Yeah, a lot during some of those like star raids and some of the gym battles is when I yeah. would use mine a lot. Um, yeah, being able, I did it a lot with my uh, Flamigo changing out and just mm-hmm. being pure flying and losing some of the weaknesses from fighting type fighting yeah, yeah. that no I, I i love flamigo flamigo's so cool i'm so, so glad i love him. him he's my favorite he's, he's my favorite bird <laughs> he's a powerhouse in competitive yeah, too. he is yeah because he has an ability that like just it's a free psych up for yeah. the ally pokemon cracked in doubles it's crazy so good but it's so good yeah we will probably have we'll probably talk more about competitive later but there are so many disgustingly strong That's why Pokemon. I like this generation. Not only Pokemon, but abilities and items, like some of the new items they've introduced too. Yeah, dude. Like the one, like clear amulet. That makes it so that like <sighs> you don't get your stats dropped. Yeah. By anything. Uh, all three of the starters are crazy. Mouse hold with population bomb with a wide lens. Being able to uh, hit a 10 times hit move pretty much always with stab is devastating. Yeah, with stab you tear type you get the terror boost to it too oh my god like if you're if you're up against a ghost type you know tough luck but yeah you're, kind of, you're, kind of, you're kind everything of else is but. is just at the mercy of the mouse but anyway Me and Tyler <laughs> we're not there yet sorry pokemon sorry eric pl- please continue this is Listen, your episode this is this is why i brought you guys on because <laughs> you, i like i have general knowledge you guys have way more specific knowledge so this is fantastic but yeah let's uh, Tyler, I just wish I would build my teams better because listen to you talk about it. Like, I just wish I would have put more thought into it. But hey, replay right, number two. I digress. Do a yeah, monotype yeah, team. Yeah, play through. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. I, just gotta play, I played through Scarlet. I just got to play through Violet now. I'll just do something else. on let's touch a little bit we've kind of already been touching on a little bit but let's i combine gameplay and story here because i feel like they kind of cross over and uh obviously 
I'm trying to be better about this uh, in 2023. There will be spoilers, not just saying spoiler and then spoiling the thing immediately to <laughs> not give yeah. you any time to react. Yeah. There will be spoilers yeah. if you care about the story of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. So mm. uh, if you care, maybe like play it and come back or just, I don't know. Don't listen at all. I don't care. Uh, a lot of firsts for the franchise here in this story, in this gameplay. So obviously it's the first like quote unquote open world Pokemon game. Legends Arceus was... Mm-hmm quote-unquote open zone right uh, it's the first shared like multiplayer game you can play with your friends uh it brought in like you said the main gimmick for this one is terrestrializing we already talked about that a little bit where you can crystallize your pokemon and changes its type to whatever the terror type is and it can power up moves of that type and this was pretty much the main draw of uh the, the thing they were kind of advertising was uh the three different story paths that you could explore at any time so you have the path of Legends, you have Victory Road and you have Starfall Street. And I'm sure we'll touch on those a little bit. And you can technically tackle these in any order. I say technically because the levels don't scale with your Pokemon levels. So there are certain areas that you won't be able to do early because if you go there, you'll just get annihilated because they'll be like level 50 Pokemon. So I, uh, I, go ahead, Jared. Oh, I was going to say that I, I figured out what they, they meant by that. They, they hit it in the fine print. They're like, you can tackle any one of those three whenever you want not any gym necessarily you could start with the gyms you could start with the starfall or you could start with the uh um, the legends the titans yeah, the path ah. of legends and you could do any one of those three whenever you wanted that's that's what they then said. we we just didn't read the fine print was the problem yeah, that, yeah. that's what they meant for they sure tricked so. us with our wording with their wording there's definitely some right. like uh some potential to do things like out of the level order yeah oh and i definitely uh, did for sure yeah, I definitely did as well, but we'll get into it soon. And I'm sure some people will come up with like the like most optimally difficult way to do it, and that'll be yeah. like a challenge run or something. Like because mm-hmm. Pokemon, when it comes to creating artificial difficulty, <laughs> the, nobody does it better than Pokemon fans Indeed, to, to make yeah. things difficult yeah. on themselves. So uh, a couple other things too, and then we'll just kind of start going wherever our feet take us. Uh, you encounter the legendaries early, so like obviously Crydon and Maridon are the main gimmick. You can ride them across. Uh, the Paldea region, and uh, you get them as a vehicle for traversal. They pretty much replace all HMs, which I'm a big fan of. HMs are the worst. Uh, keep them away from the games for the rest of time. Uh, obviously, we covered the new starters. 107 new Pokemon in this region. Traditional battles still play, take place, but there's like a let's go mechanic where you can just let your Pokemon wander around and you'll just go on a murdering spree uh, <laughs> so to good. level up. That's so pretty cool. Raids come back from Sword and Shield, and they seem to be a bigger part of the game, and I've seen different raids coming different weeks advertising people putting together yeah. raid teams so that seems really cool so that was just like a quick brief overview so i don't know where you guys want to start going but was there anything specifically that kind of stuck out to you about the gameplay about the story i got overwhelmed like when i came out of metagoza and i was like yeah. lot, oh i can for sure shit that i can just go that way In any direction or that way too or, <laughs> or i can go that way uh right. so it was like you were right it really is a magical experience like it's a very i don't know it, it's a very adventurous feeling it, it makes me very it makes me feel so curious again like the breath of the wild whenever you step into an open world especially one on a franchise that we've been so like dedicated yeah. to as pokemon now now like the the chains have been lifted away from your feet it feels like and it's like oh my god and even even though the world and the terrain is kind of ugly <laughs> uh that did not really hamper it like i still was excited to like explore different things yeah. oh here's a mine over here let's look in these caves oh shit there's actually cave systems and pokemon in here 
That's right. really and what kind of I Pokemon really like are the in the areas that I go to. Yeah. Oh, cool. Can I jump this river? Oh, I barely made it. Oh, there's some cool Pokemon over here. <laughs> uh, it, it was just that feeling the entire time. And again, even the, the graphics, bad as they are, did not right. hamper the enjoyment of it. It was that fun. They, I don't know, man, they code that fun factor in, that indescribable fun factor in every time. Uh, and it's it's fantastic. And it's it's there's something to be said too about like almost all the other Pokemon games. The way you start is like it's very specific, very linear. It's like okay, yeah. you get your starter Pokemon. Okay, now go here. Now go here. And mm-hmm. to get to that point where yeah, you come out of Mezgoza and it's like okay, go in any direction you want. Wherever you want. All the icons are marked on the map. Yeah, for for other games that works because I'll just go off in a certain direction. But for Pokemon, when it's been so structured for so long, and then it's telling me to go. Yeah, I stood there and I was like, well, like, where do I go first? What <laughs> yeah. do I do first? What do I want to do first? And right. that was one of the coolest parts. And even if there, I mean, there is like a, a structured path and like a direction in terms of levels that you can do these things. It's not really like obvious at first where that is. Like I tried to immediately just go in an, an opposite direction of where they told me or where I thought the beginning area yeah. was. I'm just going to go in the opposite direction and and do something different. I'm going to go fight something that was higher level or tackle something that was maybe not the gyms. Because I think the first thing I did was the Path of Legends. I did the cloth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cloth. Wow. That was the first thing yeah. I did. Yeah. No, it's... I think that I think I that's I think I also did that as well. I ran in... No, oh, no, funny. I did do gym. <laughs> I did do gym leader first and then I did cloth immediately after. But I did gym leader first. Yeah, because that, that was just like the most familiar thing. I'm like, well, Pokemon, like I've always fought gyms, so I'm just going to do that first and see if the rest of the things fall in place. <laughs> I was edgelord. I flip my hat backwards and I'm like, you can't tell me what to do, game. I'm going to go fight this. Uh, I'm going to fight this to reach my real potential. <laughs> my right. final form. Yeah, uh, there you go. We, we kind of touched a little bit on the terrestrializing and everything, but that is definitely probably one of the most exciting things about this game other than it just being an open world in general, a lot of potential. I think a lot of that potential comes out a lot in competitive, but just the idea of being able to change your Pokemon's typing and that not necessarily have to do with its existing typings. You can find Pokemon that have typings that are different from their own, which creates now this like replayability of hunting and trying to find, I was really trying to find a water terror type Flamigo because it actually gets access to a couple water moves yeah. So it would be really cool to have that just to get some some stab in that side of it. So just being able right. to hunt and find and redo some of these Pokemon, try to find the ones that work for you best was was super fun. Yeah, most of the the major battles, at least for trainers, have terrestrializing in them. Yeah. And normally they will terrestrialize into their own type. But even then, right, like that's scary. Right. Like I I picked Quaxley, so like my rival had uh, Foycoco's evolution, Skeledurge, uh, had Skeledurge, and then a f- like Terra types into fire, into fire, and now your Torch Song is even stronger and boosts your special right. attack. Mm-hmm. And then another uh, another trainer who had the the Grass type starter on mm-hmm. me, Terra Grassed. And That's did the dangerous. move that always critical hits. I'm like, dude, this like you're, you're this is a competitive set. Stop. Uh, flower, right. trigger, flower trigger is such <laughs> yes. a good move. I was like, is oh this, my god, is this diamond and pearl at these competitive sets. Come on now. I'm like, I, I thought I beat brilliant diamond. I shouldn't be struggling. Uh, but, <laughs> oh, but don't yeah, bring no, it was diamond. But it, it was always it was very fun because it was. I don't know. Terrestrializing is just such a such an interesting type because 
an interesting gimmick because it can be used both offensively and defensively and it expands on like one of the core mm-hmm. aspects of Pokemon being the type system and super effectives and resistances and you know having dabbled in competitive now much more mm. thoroughly than the last time we talked about this Jared I can say yeah that I am having a blast same I, I always have to be on my toes um mm. because like that other Pokemon on the other side that's a rock type right now. It could be a, it could be a fucking flying type, but I, I need to fucking anything. gamble, you know? Uh, I, think in, I think in, like, official tournaments, there's going to be open team sheets, so you'll be able to see yeah. everything's Terra type. But right. if you're just playing Showdown on ladder, you just got to guess. Right. Uh, and it's, it's been a real fun time experimenting with my own Terra types, and mm-hmm. I think it's definitely the best mechanic since Mega Evolution. Absolutely. May, I'm honestly thinking it might even be a little better just from a concept and like an execution point of view because this is something every pokemon can get access to you know where it's not just a small list like every pokemon can make use of this in unique ways right there are various terra types that are like very good for this specific pokemon like garganackle right yeah Uh, i run poison garganackle because it resists a lot of things that garganackle is normally weak to so i'm going up against you know flower again flower trick uh, Miascarada, mm. I know of uh, Flower Tricks coming my way. Terra Poison, Iron Defense, Body Press, you're dead. Uh, so, yeah, I, I've been having a lot of fun with it, and it's great. It's like you were saying, this gimmick compared to all the other ones really brings some validity to all the Pokemon. You know, Mega mm-hmm. Evolution was good because it kind of targeted out some ones that were maybe a little less desirable. You, things like Beedrill, you know, Pidgeot's okay. They they get Mega Evolutions, and now they're more um, they're more resilient, but terrestrializing makes that available for everybody and clearly there's going to be meta teams there's always meta teams there's always going to be combinations there's always going to be certain pokemon that work better but it's so cool that they you can kind of have all the opportunities all the pokemon have an opportunity to be good and versus like you guys said versus something like mega evolution where like only a handful of pokemon like actually got those mega evolutions so yeah you and again, I my limited knowledge of competitive is just like watching TikToks and maybe an occasional YouTube <laughs> video of stuff that pops up in my feed every once in a while. But yeah, yeah, once you know a person's running a certain team with a certain mega evolution type, you already know you're like, oh well, that's going to be the mega for sure. Yeah, the 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 Pokemon like could potentially be anything. So mm-hmm. uh, I think adding that kind of like utility really kind of expands the game for people that are really into that more hardcore aspect like like for me it was just it was a cool gimmick that i was able to use like yeah boost my like stab type moves or um yeah Yeah. boost my same type pokemon or stuff like that but like i I knew as soon as i saw like i had enough knowledge of like the competitive game to know that like hey this this could be a game changer for for a lot of reasons and uh uh, like all the like the ability to just have your one pokemon change type for a couple turns in the middle of a battle is Mm -hmm. i was like well that's like insane like that's that's, never been done before and exactly why i wanted to have you guys on because i know you'd be able to like elaborate (laughs) on it more than i would be able to yeah uh, because i know you guys have like dabbled in that so yeah uh, i'm i'm glad that's like working out and it seems to be from what people laughed at at first they're like oh like bedazzled pokemon ooh, whatever but it seems that it's actually actually pretty cool i i I haven't heard but if past like the initial like making fun of it because it's like yeah. bedazzled like like ice on a chain that you should be wearing yeah uh, i think that's what i think that's what the cool kids say these days i don't <laughs> there you know go. yeah um, you got it yeah but like uh, after that and people started getting their hands on it like i haven't heard like one complaint yeah. about it you you get used to the visual stuff because that was me i was like cool thing uh, dumb hats the hats are dumb don't like the hats i knew they had to have <laughs> some kind of indicator of like this being a different typing 
I yeah, think the hats right. look stupid, but even now it's like it's not a big deal. <laughs> it's like, okay, cool. Your water terra, your steel. Some of them are kind of cool. I think the steel terra is interesting. That's like a big like axe, like in the head mm, of the Pokemon, yeah. which is kind of funny. Um I like the I like the electric one, it's just like a giant light bulb. A light bulb. Like, yeah. That's, yeah, that's that's <clears> funny. Yeah. The ghost one is the ghost from uh is the original like the ghost brain. Yeah. Yep. That cute that was an awesome throwback. But it's like, hey, maybe like make the hats a little less cool and work on like getting the windmills to look good. <laughs> exactly. Balance Something out the priority. Like yeah, priorities, it's, really. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. Um one thing that I I really enjoyed when it first got introduced and it ended up just being a slog was the Starfall Street things. Like the the boss battles at the end and fighting each one of the different captains of the the Starfall Street were fun and interesting. And I think the characters had cool designs and the story there ended up becoming something that was interesting. But just the, before that, when you're throwing out the Pokemon yeah. and using kind of the Let's Go feature and doing that at first was cool and very interesting. But doing that, like, what is it, six, eight times? And it's just the same? Yeah, it's six like, times. This is, this is, this is boring. It, like, this, it is, sucks. this is not fun. <laughs> that that was the worst part of that. I yeah, was like, oh, absolutely. maybe they're going to make it harder. Or make or you have mix to it make up. more. Make it a little different. Yeah, or like have different, because like there was different terrain, I guess you had to run across. Right. But it's just like, look for the grunt sprites and run towards them. Yeah. But yeah, it was a, it, I will agree with that. That, that sucked. But... The actual battle with those bosses is sick the as well. Music, the music. Oh, oh I was say the, the, the two-star boss theme is like top ten Pokemon favorite theme. Track. Like, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I agree with you guys on on the gameplay aspect of it. Like, and that's too where I notice a lot of like slowdown is like when five or six team star members would throw out their Pokemon and yeah. just like the Pokemon would like slow as it traveled through the air and like hit the ground. It's just dramatic effect, uh, you know? They're just trying to make it a little more dramatic for you. Yeah, exactly. I gotta, gotta say... Dodge Neo the Pokeballs. Yeah. <laughs> I did enjoy the the narrative conclusion to the, the Starfall Street storyline because it tackled something that this this game in particular tackled like a lot of themes that a Pokemon game I feel like hasn't yeah. Some like pretty dark, yeah. like, complicated themes. And one of the themes that tackled the end of the Starfall Street was like this aspect of like bullying in the school you go to. And the whole reason why these people formed Team Star in the first place was because they were bullied and they just were looking for like acceptance and stuff. And I right. when I got when you get to that ending and find out that like again, spoilers, uh like Penny was behind it and you have to fight her team of of Eevees, mm-hmm. which oh, awesome battle. So I had cool. a lot of fun with that. Uh Another good and track. then just hearing like and yeah, another good track oh bangers and just hearing like the storyline behind that of like why she started team star and like the bullying mm. and stuff i was like wow that's like really touching and i, I was just like i didn't expect this from like a poke yeah. like pokemon games are always like very like like the morality is usually pretty clear it's black and white it's like you're the main character the team is like the bad guy unless it's like team yell which is like a joke like bring yeah. back like team galaxy or team rocket or whatever like let's get some or team galactic sorry or whatever it is i don't know it's all right but uh bring back some like the evil teams that is yeah. what i want to bring back but i really just i just that that storyline touched me now it's just like yo yeah. pokemon's like tackling bullying in the in a school system what like well, what game is this I, yeah I think and it's, it's interesting yeah it's interesting for like maybe some of the fans that have grown up throughout this game because there was a point back in the day where video games were nerdy no one liked that people got bullied for liking pokemon so it was kind of a weird like full Mm -hmm. circle kind of thing they decided to tackle it in this generation which i thought was was really interesting yeah it's i think this is a great segue into the story stuff so Mm -hmm. uh 
Yeah, well, Star Street, I think, is probably the weakest of the three. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I don't know. I think it might be because the outcome is very unreal. Like, it's kind of a an unbelievable outcome for the story. <laughs> like, this this is not how this would go in real life, obviously. Oh, absolutely not. Those kids would probably be just expelled. They'd be like, you're not missing. Yeah, those they kids would be in ju- Let's be honest. They'd yeah. be in juvie. Like, people would be arrested. Yeah, they'd be, they'd be arrested. Penny, Penny was stealing money from the Pokemon. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> that is the that is such a funny plot point that she actually just robbed the Pokemon League. Right. The federal pocket. government would be like, hey, you owe us a lot of money. Like, exactly. people would be in jail. The school would be shut down. There'd be investigations. There'd be congressional panels. Like, this yeah, is a disaster. It is a nice, like, best case scenario, feel good ending for yeah. that plot yeah. line. Uh, and I, you know, I like Penny. I like all the, I like, I, I like the Team Star members. I, I think they're, I think they're very cool. I think Team Star is a very good yeah. evil team in quotations uh, for yeah. this game. And I very much liked it a lot. I do think it is the weakest of the three, uh, which is interesting because it has more story technically than the the Victory Road one, I guess. Victory mm-hmm. Road is your standard. Beat the eight gyms, go to the league, kick its ass. But there's one massive monkey wrench that has been thrown into it, and that is a character named Nimona. Let's go. Love Talk about Nimona. Maybe best girl? I don't know. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like, what... What a concept that shouldn't have worked for Arrival, to be honest. Right. Should not have been executed as well as it did. But Nimona is just this two-brain-celled, battle-hungry, <laughs> one-track-minded rival that only gives a shit about battling. But right. like she, she's ba- like everyone's compared her to Goku because she's just so bored because no one can match her in battle. And then she sees this new kid. It's like, you, you have potential. are going to go on a journey and I'm going to use that as an excuse to go back and relive my journey. And then eventually, hopefully, I train you enough to where you can be a challenge for me. And along the way... I purposely weaken yeah. myself. Yeah, like she <laughs> uses like weaker Pokemon whenever you battle. Right. I don't think we ever see her real team, even at the end. Because uh, yeah, so. in the intro cutscene, we saw she had a Tauros... Mm-hmm. Uh, and we never see that in the final battle, but yeah, yeah, it's no, it's I, such a fun dynamic. Yeah, I I love Nimona. I think she's a good character. Again, like using some of your weaker Pokemon when we're playing through games, we have Pokemon that are stronger, we have Pokemon that are weaker. We swap between them. She clearly is a champion trainer. She'll have Pokemon of all ranges and levels. But it's with her. I I almost get, and this is why I thought she would be cool as a companion to Ash. Almost a lot of the attributes of Ash, and maybe that's yeah. why we like maybe gravitate towards her a little bit more because she has this this energy of just like wanting to battle and being positive, and even like beating her, she's excited. She's like, "Oh my god, you did it! Good job! Thank you so much! You like gave me an amazing <laughs> battle." Yeah, it's it, it was so cool, and it's interesting because like. You meet the champion early on. Like, it's Gita, right. the chairwoman of the Pokemon League. You also run into some of the Elite Four members. And the gym leaders have some presence at the school when you do, like, the mm-hmm. lessons. The lessons, by the way, at the school are super fun. I did not think I'd enjoy them as much as I did. Do the lessons in the school. You won't regret it. You also get rewards at the end, so there's an op. There's, like, a... I feel like I missed reason. out because I, I didn't go back to school one time after they let me free. I was like, nope. Oh, buddy, <laughs> go back. School is, it's, for, it's so cool. school is for chumps. <laughs> no, nah, man, focus on your studies, even in Pokemon. But yeah, no, you meet Gita at the beginning and it's crazy because even though you know she's the champion, like it's made like she's the top champion. Champion 
is more of a rank than a single person in Paldea. Right. So we have champion mm-hmm. rank trainers to like represent Paldea on the larger world stage, which I think is really cool. I love the gym leader champion lore sort mm-hmm. of that has been built up. But even when you meet Gita, you know she's not the final like hurdle because it's yeah. it's Nimona. Because you know like she wants you to beat the champion so you can battle her. Right. So yeah. even though like Gita's staring you down this whole time, like coming in, you're like, I don't care about you. I want to fight. I want to beat you and fight Nimona after. Yeah. And that kind of, that, that definitely, we could quickly talk about Gita. I probably one of the weaker champions for sure. Oh yeah. Like, she had a go-goat. Yeah. <laughs> Why did she have a go-goat on her team, bro? She's no Cynthia or Iris or any of them, but oh man. Her ace being Glamora is really cool though. I, I like that. Yeah. Still felt kind of forgettable though. I mean, just oh, thinking yeah. about yeah. all the great champions, like even, even like in Sword and Shield, I didn't hate Leon that much. Like I yeah. thought he was. Oh, okay. Leon's great. And, I fucking love Leon. <laughs> and See, I, he and obviously, a, he had like when a you go, personality to him too. Gita was just very bland, and not only he her had battle, a, he had a great her personality. Team. Oh yeah, he and he showed Aegis up slash, in the story Seismitoad, more. Charizard, one of the starters, right? M- Mister Rhyme, whatever. But <laughs> I would say amongst like the top tier of like the champion trainers, like obviously you have like Leon and Cynthia, I think are like both great. And then yeah. Gita just doesn't can't hold a candle to like both of those. Candle. No, not even close. It was very anti She's like, I, got, I have to warn you, I can't help myself. I can't hold back. back. I'm in a serious battle. And then you just fucking destroy her entire team. Yeah, I had a harder time with the we'll touch on the next path, I'm sure. But I had a harder time with the fight with Arvin at the end of that path than I did with with Gita. Oh, yeah. If I'm if, sure. if I'm being a hundred like 100 percent honest, but Million to percent. touch on to touch on like Nimona very quickly. Um, yeah, I found the last couple generations, the like, quote unquote, like rival slash friend, like whatever they're supposed to be, has been like pretty underwhelming. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. something about. I, again, this is me sounding like an old man, but like the old days of Pokemon, when your rival was just like a dick. I really enjoyed that, and like the motivation to like just beat that person because they were just a terrible human being, like felt really good. And yeah, something about Nimona just just kind of like clicked, and I found her very endearing, and I found myself like looking forward to every time she she yeah. kind of showed up. So I don't know. Well, and then, yeah, I, th- I think it's fascinating to have like the that rival almost kind of like be your mentor where it's like mm. this person that you're matched up against has already accomplished everything that you want to do. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I would love to see like I, maybe it'll come in like a DLC something where like you go off to like a different part of Paldea or, or wherever and you climb a mountain and Nimona's up there with her like real team, like reminiscent of like <laughs> Red Silver from, from kind of Gold situation. Oh my God. Just, yeah, <laughs> which I think would be insane. I think that'd be nuts. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Nimona were, I, I, really the cast of characters I, I thought were, again, not that there's much characters to Pokemon PCs and NPCs, but I felt the cast of characters was was pretty good. I didn't like Nimona yeah. was great. I thought I, at first, I hated Arvin at first. I was like, oh, here's our dick character. But he was like, fine. Oh, Arvin was the star oh, of the show, yeah. man. That was Arvin. the, yeah, the dude, sleeper he was star. The star he was. Whew, yeah, we're gonna, I'm going to cry when we talk about that. Um, like even like director Clavel, shout out oh, to him going undercover is Clive, Clive with that oh, with that God. hairstyle. Like, ooh, man. I'm sorry, Clavel. I thought you were going to be the evil. I thought you were going to be the twist villain. You were so sweet. I'm so sorry. Dude, I doubted how you. about yeah. that? If they had the balls to be like commit to that as the twist. When that happened, I was like, they're not going to do that, which yeah. I, that almost blew me away. I was like, this this might be like one of the top twists in, in Pokemon. Like that would have been nuts. But yeah, no, Nimona, I think 
uh, definitely shines as like your rival friend character. Definitely, definitely great. one of the best kind of companion characters that we've gotten in Pokemon games as of late. Yeah, and she even has some deeper lore to her as well. Uh, yeah, you know, it's not just what we've talked about because when you get to one of the final areas of the game, uh, the squad, like you, you form like a cool like little like party together. Yeah, yeah, uh, to go on to the final. But I love that. I love like just this friend group that is formed like with this whole with all the crazy stuff that's been going around in Paldea and all these various yeah. people with different skills coming together. You know, it's a great trope. But when you're down there, they you know they get to talking. They get to talk yeah. to one another because they haven't really talked to each other the whole game, aside from at the right. very beginning. But, you know, Nimona's parents are, like, rich, rich. Like, they are in the yeah. Rotom phone business. They are super rich. When, if you go into her house, it's filled with servants and maids. And uh, she just doesn't but, want to have anything she's to do like, with that. I don't, she's like, don't bring up my parents. Don't talk about that. I'm not a part of that. Yeah, she's like, don't bring up, I don't want people to just see me as a rich kid. Like, I don't want people to think, like, yeah. oh, you're you're talented because you're rich. It's like, no, I worked hard. Like I, I busted my ass to do what I am, and I don't want that like to be my legacy. It's just a spoiled mm-hmm. rich kid or something. So mm-hmm. I, they really knocked it out of the park with these characters, man. Like it was, it, it was so fun to get to learn about them, especially in, I guess the last story that we have to talk about is Path of Legends with Arvin. Excellent transition, Tyler. You make my life so easy. It's really good. I, but, I try real yeah, hard. So Path of Legends with our boy Arvin, um, yeah. who comes off as a bit of a dick first, but yeah. he wants us to go. Basically, the, the catalyst behind this is he wants us to go and find uh, these five legendary plants called the Herba Mystica. And not really sure why, but he says he wants to find them. And, and basically, you go off on an adventure with him. And this has to do with uh, the Titan Pokemon that are scattered throughout the Paldea region. And We'll touch on the, the Titan fights in a second here, but the crux of the story is you find out that Arvin wants to find these Herb Mysticas because he has a a, a sick Pokemon, a, a sick uh, Mabostiff, if I'm saying that correctly. That's right, yep. And he's trying to, uh, he, he read that in this book that the Herb Mystica has like these healing properties if you eat all of them. And this also kind of ties into your uh, legendary, your Maridon or Caridon, depending on which version you picked. Mm-hmm. Um, the Herba Mystica also helps bring out their latent abilities as well. So that's how you gain, uh, like you can get gain gliding, swimming, a higher jump and stuff like that. So that's really this comes into. And I, and I think, guys, I, I think I can probably speak for all of us when I say like this, the Path of Legends is probably my my favorite story oh, easily out, out of the three. Easy, not easily, even, not even easily the best story. Yeah. Uh, but something that I, I brought up in... Tyler, your episode when we talked about Pokemon, uh, Urban Mystica is just HM. These are just the yeah. HMs for that. It's a, a little sneaky reference because <laughs> that's what you get. Each of the yeah. each of yeah. the paths sort of gives you a certain progression. So like the gyms yeah. raise your level cap. So like mm. you know more higher level Pokemon will obey you. Or it's not so like if you catch a level five Pokemon but your level cap is twenty, that Pokemon will still obey you. Past level 20. Right. 
You just can't right. catch new Pokemon that are above that level or higher that level. You. Right. So, you know, the gyms take care of the uh, level caps. The Urban Mystica Path of Legends take care of the HMs and mobility. And Starfall Street takes care of, I think, new TMs. Yeah, they give new uh, TM to the TM machine machine. Yeah, new TMs and a lot of money because you get a lot of that virtual currency. Stolen from, money. From the, stolen yeah, money. Stolen money. <laughs> you are a criminal. Oop, uh, my mic almost fell off my desk. Uh, the secret but, ingredient is crime. The secret ingredient was crime. <laughs> it's always crime. Was crime. <laughs> we got to keep our ill-gotten gains, though. Like we we That's kept our mouths shut. They, they Pe- we, Penny they... went under the bus for us. Uh, <laughs> like we have no idea what we should, what we're talking like about. We we keep no all that LP in the bag, bro. Offshore accounts are bustling. Uh, but I just yeah, invest in the central bank in Unova. Just keep it away from exactly. Palais region. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah the, in the e- offshore bank accounts. Uh, but as <laughs> well, Pokemon Ethereum, yeah. <laughs> transfer back Pokey Bitcoin. to uh <laughs> yeah pokey bitcoin yeah the uh the urban mysticus give you these abilities and it's it's such a beautiful sort of journey because it's like you two start off at odds not really knowing each other but uh, like eventually uh he opens up to you more about his past with a boss stiff and the history with his parents uh and you sort of like heal your two pokemon alongside each other together Right, uh, and, he, and it's such, he's very it's so standoffish good. to your your legendary as well. It, right when you first meet him, it seems like he has this connection, or he knows of your legendary. But like you were saying, Tyler, seeing you heal your legendary and his Pokemon at the same time, and having his Mabostiv like visually being impaired, like it's just like they're not just like talking about this. Like he can't walk, and you'll see his like eyes are gray because he can't see very well. And when you mm-hmm. get to that point, his like eyes get color in it, and Arvin just gets overwhelmed with emotion because this Pokemon that has been there for him, that has been his companion through his entire life, is is coming back to him as being that Pokemon that he remembered, very lively, very very energetic, happy, and he gets emotional, and it's emotional, it's wild. It, it is this it like is. this is why Pokemon needs voice acting. If that cutscene was oh, voiced, God. I would have cried, dude. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, think, this this theme. Sorry, go ahead, Eric. I, I was I cut you off. Oh no! I was just to say, like that moment, like this this journey to yeah to for Arvin to, to like save his Mabostiff mm-hmm. is one of the most emotional and something that just caught me off guard about about Pokemon. I was like, Pokemon's never made me catch any kind of feelings at yeah. all, except maybe when Ash almost dies in like the first Pokemon movie gets turned to stone and Pikachu's crying. I think everybody mm-hmm. feels yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. that yeah. moment. Everybody cries at that but, point. Yeah, everybody, but. Yeah, and then, yeah, just kind of this parallel journey with your legendary, which uh, I'm assuming they're, the personalities are the same across both versions because Coridon was just, out of all the legendaries of all the games, I definitely think Coridon and Maridon have, like, the most personality, too. Oh, yeah. Like, they're actually they have an arc. Cut they, have ca- they are yeah. characters in yeah. the yeah, story. It's crazy. <laughs> which you'd think that 38 games in, and we would have done this already, kind of. But no, most of the times the legendaries just kind of, like, show up at the end when they're needed. But mm-hmm. having... Crydon and Rydon with you for the whole time. And yeah, and Crydon just being like a, a mischievous kind of. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah. Almost like a cat like personality, I would say. Just, oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Getting yeah, kind Mer- of getting everything. Rydon was the, the way, same. In the way he, he or she would like when Penny would come up and they'd come out of the Pokeball and Penny would like bother Penny and stuff like that. Um, that that yeah. was cute the uh, first time when it happened every single time. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, I, I get is, it. I understand. It's like interesting Stop. though. <laughs> <laughs> because I think this is something we touched on in our episode, Jared. There's yeah. there's that line. Uh, as Because <laughs> we, we find out that 
our legendary was kind of a victim of bullying as well from like others yeah. of its kind. So that's probably right. why it has such a connection to Penny. To Penny. Uh, yeah. Every time you bring it out. But yeah, you, back to Eric's point that. about themes. Yeah. It, I was about to say, there are little details, and the little details make everything in stories like this. So it's, you know, yeah. it's really good that they focused on that. But, but man, you're as, right. Voice yeah, acting would have just sent this, it would have been blown this out of the so water. Good. Yeah. I that think it's been, time. Think it's it has time. to be, right? I don't even care if it's only in like, if they only do it in Japanese. I don't even really mind that. Like, I think it would still be really good. Uh, you know, largest media franchises in the world, yada yada, et cetera, et cetera. They can probably do and they it. don't even it's need like, like they full thing, just like cutscenes. There's a lot of JRPGs and RPGs. Yeah, just where, was, yeah, just in those cutscenes, I would yeah. be totally fine with that. We're a majority they made of the another dialogue. singer gym leader. They made another one oh. in a game without voice <laughs> acting. Like, what are you doing, Game Freak? That was hilarious. We got to uh, to, to what's her name, uh, uh, Rhyme. You got Rhyme, to her, Rhyme, yeah. her the battle. battle. It's just like. This is hilarious. They're doing another singing game or gym leader and you're not. <laughs> this is, a, this, this is a rap battle. It's like, come on. <laughs> I was so mad at fucking Piers and now this. But but yeah, back to Eric's point about uh, yeah. the themes that this game tackles. Uh, mm-hmm. Not only do we see, and Arvin's definitely has, I think, the most themes and the heaviest themes. Because yeah. Arvin, you know, you, it's this journey of like desperation, of mm-hmm. seeing a loved one in pain and is doing everything you can for them uh and just determination and collaboration and you know just sort of healing uh those themes are present as well but then you go to the origins of arvin's story and you there are themes of neglect and abandonment and you see why he was so attached to them most of for so long because he was abandoned for so long and just familial like real familial like tension and uh, conflict. Yeah, we we didn't talk about this in Europe, so I hadn't played it yet. But geez, the the ending yeah. with the uh, Area Zero and everything. Yeah, Eric, go ahead. So we can we can dive into that, yeah, because I think that transfers nice from Arvin's story. Which another theme, again, spoilers. If you don't want to hear about the end of Pokemon, t- diving in off of like the end of Arvin's story, really kind of ends in that that Area Zero, that great crater region that you can't go down into until they tell mm. you you're ready to. And that kind of ties in with with Coridon and Maridon's story as well. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, Arvin is the child of the professor in this game. You come to find out. And the professor has been studying the great crater of Paldea in this Area Zero region that's that's way down there. And Arvin's basically been left by himself to, like, fend for himself. with, And the parent hasn't, the professor hasn't, like, call or, or cared or any it's been so ingrained in, in their work mm-hmm. so we believe that the arvin's just been neglected and we come to find out going down there that the professor was actually killed in the great crater this which like blew yo. my mind is this the first like actual death in the pokemon franchise i can't think of another there, one. there, there definitely might be implied subtle ones, ones. Yeah, yeah but this one is very direct so it, like, yeah. in going down there I as you're going down and down into the crater of Area Zero, the professor is coming over kind of the the intercom thing and talking to you. And the whole time I was suspicious because I was like, okay, there's definitely kind of like right, there's these like, weird going robot kind of vibes. And I was like, she's gonna be a cyborg. That's my thing to call it. <laughs> and when when you get down there, I I like I was like, dang, I called it, and the, she says that the professor had died in like a, a, one of the the collapses of one of the facilities. I was like, that's that's crazy. No wonder Arvin hasn't seen his mom slash father. Right. It's because she was dead. 
That's that's so sad. Yeah, because during one of their Eremisticas, the professor comes over. The, the professor's been talking to you for a while because yeah. he's like, hey, he's a friend of Clavel's. Clavel takes him to the office, talks to talks to him over like a screen, like a long-term call. Yeah. Uh, he's like, hey, you found that Pokemon. Uh, it used to be mine. Can you take care of it for me? Uh, mm-hmm. Update me on its progress. And they chime in. Ironically, every time Arvin has already left, so Arvin never hears it until the very last, where he hears his parents' voice for the first time in years, he said. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that the professor says is, oh, hey, Arvin, go unlock the, <laughs> go unlock the lab for me. And he is yeah. so pissed. He's like, He's you angry. haven't talked He's to me all so this time, upset. and now you want me to be your errand boy? Right. Yeah. Such, a, such an interesting dynamic. But then, yeah, you go down to the Area Zero, going, finding these weird, screwed-up Pokemon uh, battling them with your party, going through these research stations, looking at these books, these logs that show the professor's research and his descent into what created the AI professors that we find and yeah. the events that resulted in their demise at the hands of the counterparts of the legendary that you own. Yeah. Which one, one is thing insane. that I... I really love it about Area Zero, and Tyler, you referenced this too. The probably the best Pokemon song that I've ever heard is in Area. The Area Such Zero, an like interesting area too. soundtrack, it's so, it's so different, dude. so good. It's so different from normal Pokemon soundtracks too. That's what I was like listening to it. I was like, okay, like this is this is different. Like you said, it's eerie. It's strange. It has this like this this weight of mystery to it too. It it was so good. I loved it. It's so good. And like you guys said, so that kind of segues into the, the end of the story there. So, yeah, the professor is basically the professor you've been communicating with is basically an AI uh, set to carry on the professor's research. And we find out that all these weird paradox Pokemon that we're seeing, like that this terrifying Jigglypuff that looks like a mini Majin Buu with <laughs> a tail coming tail. off the yeah. back of its head. Yeah, it's absolutely absolutely terrifying uh, that these Pokemon are being brought from either the past or the future. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's a future in Violet. Future in Violet, past. past and Scarlet, yeah. yes. So, yeah. because the professor invented a time machine, or somebody invented a time machine. Yeah, no, it was the professor. The professor, professor was yeah, yeah. inspired by, if you went to history class, Eric, you would know this lore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I go to history class, man. I got, I, got, I got gym leaders to fight. Ain't got true. no time for history class. <laughs> but uh, there was an expo- This crater of Paldea is super old. Like, super, yeah. super old. And there was an old civilization. It was like a Paldean Empire. Mm-hmm. And they believed that treasure was within the center of the crater. So they sent people down. And one particular researcher wrote down what he saw mm-hmm. into the either the Scarlet or the Violet book. That's the book that Arvin yeah. uses. That's where the Urban Mystica stuff is. And there's a lot more pages to it. But a lot of people believed this book at first. But the stuff that he wrote was so fantastical. Like People were like, no, this can't be real. So it eventually mm-hmm. became a work of fiction in people's eyes. But the professor but the professor was the one to discover the terrestrializing uh, mm-hmm. mechanic, which, was, which originated from within the crater, these giant crystals that change Pokemon's type. But when the Pokemon were taken out of the crater, they would unterrat, like the terrestrialized phenomenon wouldn't be there. So he was fascinated with this, with this phenomenon and eventually shared his research with the uh, Pokemon League and... Uh, the academy, what the school mm. academy that you guys are yeah. in, to create Terra orbs and create this new type of Pokemon like battling system, but but that wasn't all. Uh, the professor became obsessed 
mm-hmm. with the the Pokemon that he saw within this These book. weird he, Pokemon, with, yeah. Within this book, he saw he or she, Professor Sada or Professor Turo, saw mm. paradise and the they believed that these pokemon were from the past or the future so they created a time machine to try and create this utopia to bring these pokemon into the present mm-hmm. day and they and this is the paradox right because yeah, they the saw pokemon these they saw the pokemon in the book like these pokemon existed for a while before the professor but then the professor's time machine is the thing that brings them here. Mm-hmm. So how did how did the original researchers see these things? Right. And there's a whole thing where because there's no third legendary in this game yet. Uh, yeah, the weird like, orb, the orb thing. There's yeah, there's a strange description of a Pokemon that's like a series of overlapping hexagons in this sort of dome shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original researchers didn't even know if it was alive or not. But it, but it's absolutely the origination of the terrestrial phenomenon. Just like yeah. uh, Eternatus was the origin of the Dynamax phenomenon. Very right. similar. But and there's so many theories around that yeah, third legendary too. Yeah, like this is not spelled out for us at all. We are left to theorize on what is right. going on here. And it's interesting because the Pokédex entries of the Paradox Pokemon in the opposite uh, version games all yeah. talk about. How these Pokemon were described in like paranormal magazines, mm-hmm. like what? What the hell are you? How how does that make sense? How are these Pokemon in these? Now apparently they were inspired. Like the magazines in question were inspired by inspired the discovery by the of these Pokemon. Pokemon. Yeah, but the Pokemon are so strange. And my theory, while before we get onto the rest of the story, is what if these Pokemon aren't actually from the past or future? I think I think we might share a similar theory because I don't even think. Yeah, let's continue. What's yours? Yeah, yeah. So, what if these Pokemon are not from the past or future? Because this Pokemon, this third legendary, could be just materializing things from the from the psyche, from the imagination yeah. of these researchers, and that could explain the paradox. Absolutely. I think, I don't know if it's in one of the books or not, but I read somewhere where it was like this Pokemon or this, this, this idea of this third legendary would almost manifest, would create a manifestation of not, not necessarily desires, but almost like these, these things the researchers thought they saw. And like you said, that's where their paradox comes in because they think they're seeing these strange past or future Pokemon. And then this third legendary is now creating those and making them into a reality. And yeah, and and putting them from the minds of these researchers. And that's why they're like, that's why all these future Pokemon are all robots, you know? Because that's yeah. just a, the human psyche of like the future apocalypse. Right. Or like these we're in tinfoil Pokemon. hat territory right, right now of, of theorizing. Yeah, we're, we're theorizing about the third legendary. But I also, like, I also regret not going to any of the classes. <laughs> it's okay. Go back, you'll learn so much. But... Yeah, so the professor didn't actually make a time machine. Mm-hmm. He made he like harnessed this, you know, thoughts to matter energy mm-hmm. that these crystals have. And so that's it, it this is all coming from his mind, inspired right. by the same things that the past researchers I can't even talk anymore. The past researchers <laughs> thought up all those years ago. So right. 
Well, there's theories yeah, that when you go to the quote unquote time machine in that depiction of the Pokemon in the book, it almost looks like when you're in the crystallized area of the time machine, like that is the Pokemon. Yeah, it's a series of overlapping hexagons, just like the book said. Yeah. So, Wild. yeah, that's that. Again, this is none of this is stated explicitly in yeah. the game. It's left it's all, to it's us to figure out. And they show like, you know, a combination, like in the Scarlet Book and Violet. Uh, there's, or sorry, in the Scarlet Book and Scarlet, there is a depiction of all three of the legendary beasts of Johto combined yes, into I'm one. I'm so excited to see these. And in Violet, it's a combination of all the Swords of Justice, Justice. into one. Mm-hmm. So that could be DLC. But anyway, uh, that's all theory territory. But where we left off, we <laughs> this was the professor's dream. This was the utopia yeah. they wanted to carry out. And they died for it. Because the first Pokemon they brought back was Maridon or Caridon, and they brought mm-hmm. back two specimens. They cared for one up on the surface for a little bit before uh, the professor went back down and left Arvin alone. That was the moment of the abandonment. But Arvin, or at least his Mabostiff, has been down in Area Zero before because that is where Mabostiff sustained its injuries. Injuries yeah. so severe that potions that and Pokemon healings and even heal Pokemon centers couldn't heal it, which is kind of crazy when you think about it in the context of the wider Pokemon lore. But right. mm, what's even crazier, I think, is that the professor, the original professor is just an interesting character because their morals are so weird. Because what's yeah. interesting is that they created this AI to like be their assistant and help them because they were like, if only there were two of me. Wait, I'm brilliant. I can make a second me. <laughs> Bang. <laughs> right. Memory, all memories put into him, everything. I'll just put the chat GPT in a Yeah, put chat GPT, (laughs) improvise, we'll be fine. But the thing is, you meet the AI. The professor is long dead at this point, obviously. You meet the AI, and it says to help it stop the original professor's dream, which Mm -hmm. I think is terrifying. Right. The AI, the the non- living being is not okay with what the professor did not only that but this ai has the memories thoughts and feelings of the previous professor so the fact that it's confused of what intentions the professor had there's some there's some underlying subtext there for sure mm-hmm. yeah it's it's so strange but uh we see like the sec we find the the second uh instance of our legendary down there after you know, we fight our way through all these paradox Pokemon that are trapped in the lab that the AI professor is stuck in, and the professor's like, uh, "No, bad. Get back in your side, your master ball." So it's yeah, his. She, like all the master balls got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's crazy. But yeah, they the professor takes you into the elevator, uh, and you can look around in this like destroyed laboratory, and you can see like a picture of Arvin's family like together. So and it's, it's so. And you even Ar- see Arvin was definitely the most compelling character in storyline. Arvin was so so good. Mm-hmm. But right now it's just you and the professor because Arvin Arvin's like right, he chose a, you for some reason, down, yeah. and we need to stay out here to help with the paradox. You go. You have Maridon. You go. Say like, please don't leave me alone with the killer AI. Please exactly. come with me. <laughs> exactly. I was like, come just, just fucking come with me, man. I don't yeah. want to be in there. This uh, this yeah, whole section uh, made me not. It, not not a negative necessarily, but after we go through the entire of, of this area zero and we roll credits, I thought like I wanted the entire game to be this. 
Like after they were done, I was like, cool, I'm ready for your adventure. And then rolled credits. And I was like, you, you kind of just hooked me with this narrative, this whole narrative right. with the professor and Penny and Nimona and Arvin, Arvin. as like this, this team and they can travel with each other. They, they tried having like a multiple companion thing in X and Y, but again, it just doesn't feel genuine. But here it feels mm-hmm. so real and it just was so it came and went so quickly. I mean, I guarantee yeah. there's going to be a DLC for this game that yes. I hope goes into to, to narrative points. But it was like this was so compelling and I wish the entire game had something, some some story narrative that was that was this. Right. And and finally, too, all this caps off with you ultimately having to stop this machine that's the source yeah. of all these Paradox Pokemon. And mm-hmm. the the AI gets overridden in that, and that's your final fight is against the the AI of the in the professor's body essentially yeah it tells you and ahead of time right it's like yes it's like, i'm probably going to be overridden it's such a strange take on like so cool artificial yes. intelligence like it is aware like mm-hmm. i'm not going to be able to control me like it's it's going to be it's whatever because there are protocols in place i am part of this machine i'm going to be taken over you're probably going to have to battle me it makes me really excited for dlc like i'm really pumped to see what what else they do with this and Pokemon then the fu- this year. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then the, the 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 dais or whatever you call it rises up and you're fighting the professor who's like 150 above feet above you. you. Just towering, yes. dropping this, master balls. Again, this like epic track is playing. Oh my God. It's, it's all the Paradox scene. Pokemon. Sorry, uh, I want you, I want you to finish your point, Eric, because I have a feeling that I know where you're going. But just I need we need to talk about the scene where the AI gets overridden, walks up to the portal extends yeah. a hand and a master ball still shaking falls with something from, inside falls yeah, into its yeah. hand. So good. Like but, I was freaking uh, out. There's there's so many subtleties in this. And so first of all, 2022 it, for Pokemon specifically has produced two of like my favorite fights yeah. in the entire franchise. Oh, so yeah. First with uh, with Volo in, Volo. in oh, Legends Arceus. Oh, Such a good so good. And then this AI professor at the end of Scarlet and Violet was was challenging was truly one of the toughest fights also toughest banger obviously yes banger so so good the the soundtrack is is pretty thank you mr toby fox for helping it's so good um there's so many subtle so many things i was thinking about for we've come such a long way from the character of the professor from Mm. professor oak hosting a radio show in goldenrod to (laughs) the professor dying and being this ai creation that's bringing pokemon through time or reality or whatever right. it is mm-hmm. uh the the professor has always been with the rare exception of of the professor from sun and moon whose Kukui. name is casey yeah. Who's, yeah who's actually the champion yeah um, cool. or, or right yeah he's the mm-hmm. champion mm-hmm. and uh you know this character the professor that they've never done anything with and always that rumor of well Professor Oak was intended to be your final challenge yeah. in the original games. Yeah. The original po- person that you it would be the final challenge. And now this game so many years later has kind of like fulfilled that in such this really just weird way with all of this, this subtext. And on top of it being this original person like died. And this is probably the closest death we've ever experienced. Like in the poke, like there's always been tragedy alluded yeah. to in the Pokemon franchise, whether it's, you know, Lieutenant never Surge having the, the sure. freezing of Opelousid city by team plasma. Yes. Like yeah. people yeah. definitely Error. died in that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or the firing of the, the ultimate the weapon, ultimate weapon from right. the Geosenge. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so stuff like that. Like there's always been tragedy associated. Like there's always been an underlying tone of like, tragedy in the pokemon universe but they've never 
come out and say or eat like uh like uh, alternate cosmo yeah. like devouring yeah. all the light and, yeah. and all this stuff there's always been terrible things that have been alluded to but never straight out i felt like come out and straight but like the professor like fucking got murdered down in this crater <laughs> yeah. and i just like not uh, it, it's not a it's not even the the murder i mean yes the murder is terrible that she died but it was the, the fact that we went through this whole thing with arvin we learned about his situation we learned that his mom was distant right. we're like man that sucks maybe look let's, we're gonna go down and see your mom just kidding mom's dead yeah, yeah. Mom's we dead. always joke about yeah like there's always like the mom with the main character and the dad's always gone right well in this case arvin's parent like died <laughs> so like this is taking like for whatever reason pokemon and the parent like in the parents in the pokemon universe i man Not don't, become, right. don't become a parent because your your chance <laughs> yeah, of survival your diminish the lowers significantly yeah. <laughs> but yeah yes. it's also tragic because obviously they weren't around for yeah. so long because they were dead but they were also not just they were also just weren't a very good parent in the first a, place either yeah mm-hmm. like they neglected their child for their research before they died death the ultimate neglect <laughs> so it's such a nuanced character because of like the ai that it left behind that they left behind as well it's such a mm-hmm. yeah a complicated series of relationships but it's so cool to see play out. Like they do, yeah. they do so much interesting stuff with it. Well, it's but back cool to, to see the battle them tackle I it think. in general. Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that was it. I was like, it's cool in general that they brought it up. They have it be a theme in the game. Yeah, no, it, it it's such a it's a very mature for Pokemon. I'm 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 excited for them to do more stuff like this. Yeah, to me, Arvin is by and far the most compelling character, probably in at least the series of games. Like he's got the most depth to yeah. his character and most. Like sad things that kind of happened to him. Just didn't get a break I, I, at all. Yeah, the entire no. Story. I would like to see more because yeah, now he has to come to terms with with all of this stuff and just kind of pick up the pieces from what what was left behind. I think that's that's really compelling. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the like I said, it's it's a pretty paint by the numbers Pokemon story that that tackles some pretty touching themes of like bullying and losing a parent and neglect and all this stuff that yeah. it's it's subtle if you don't catch it but it really comes to the forefront in this last area and you just you don't really expect it and to me that just brought all this stuff about you know the frame rate drops and the issues and all this bad yeah. press around this game when it first came out mm-hmm. to and when I, by the time i finished the game i was like this might be one of the best Pokemon experiences I've I've <laughs> yeah. ever had. Yep. Maybe I, yeah, I like I hate to say it, but to say that they yeah. did good. <laughs> yeah, they did a good job. So, for sure. Um, I do have a question. Yeah, for you guys though. Question answer yeah. Yeah. for that battle. Did you guys guess any of the typings of the Paradox Pokemon wrong? Because all of them. We did not like. <laughs> this was the first time. Like when we're going down Area Zero, we only get a smattering of the paradox pokemon the professor has stuff yeah. that we have never seen before which i think again that's amazing uh, it's amazing that they did that, that they held back those paradox pokemon until you fight the professor uh because yeah. yeah. it's it's a truly unknown battle it's like is that galade and gardevoir combined like, yeah the only one that i didn't get because I, I obviously i finished this a little later than everybody else so i saw people in competitive and using these pokemon and mm-hmm. having some in there but the one i hadn't seen was i think it's sandy sandy shocks which is the sandy shocks mag- this magneton oh i was God. like what is that it was wild yeah 
ground type what right i guess literally everyone wrong i i couldn't <laughs> my brain I, I hadn't seen any of them so my brain was like i was like oh like salamence dragon backscalibur ice easy win no that's yeah, not, not the case at yeah, all it's dragon dark is roaring dark. moon yeah. yeah so yeah i don't remember the paradox name so you have to forgive me but yeah no, that okay. that fight was was vicious yeah absolutely but, and absolutely it's not even brutal, over but. like when you beat him no it, it's not even over no, it's not it's not over <laughs> Oh, but, but yeah, uh, yeah, you, I think, yeah, go ahead. I, know, I was just gonna say, I think we've, uh, and we've been talking for a while, so we have a couple <laughs> more points to touch on. <laughs> that's so. true. Sorry. Um, the story is just so good. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, no, the, story the, is good. the story is, is that's why I want to talk about it. Cause I think the story is like super yeah. compelling and, uh, we touched on it. Like there's a lot more we could, we could touch on obviously, and maybe that'll be future episodes. For the story and gameplay like we've done it justice i kind of want to yeah. just pivot to a, a couple yeah, thoughts yeah because when i when i pitched this idea of the episode to you obviously i didn't want to you know i, I want to just kind of talk about a little bit of substance too. not that the story wasn't substance maybe that's the wrong word but mm. there was so much controversy around this game and so many questions around this game when it came out and shortly after scarlet and violet came out we got the news that ash would be stepping down as the main character of the anime and so I kind of want to just touch briefly on a conversation and get you guys' thoughts of with everything that happened around Scarlet and Violet with the obvious performance issues, but a very compelling narrative. And what I think if they cl ever cleaned up the performance issues would be a, probably a, one of the best Pokemon games in yeah. maybe since Black and White. Yeah, I would sure. say mm -hmm. probably probably one of my favorites since Black and White for sure. Um what do you what do you guys is just kind of general thoughts on Game Freak and Ash stepping down from the we feel like we're in a transition Pokemon uh, transition yeah. period for Pokemon. So what are your guys' kind of thoughts on the direction that that everything is going? Um in in terms of of the game, I think that when it comes to the performance issues that Game Freak and the Pokemon company, it's its biggest hinder is almost its, its success as well. Because the mm -hmm. one thing that I thought about when I was thinking about like, okay, why didn't they just like push this? Or why didn't they take more time on this? And it could be a lot of like crunch. It could be a lot of pressure from the Pokemon company to Game Freak saying like, you have to get this out at this time. And I think the reason why we don't see Pokemon games ever lose or go push a passive release date once it's set, it's because they have a schedule. They're not looking at games. Mm -hmm. They're looking at games. They're looking at trading card. They're looking at anime. They're looking at plushes. They're looking at movies. Like, 
you can't just push, especially when you're in a transition period from like a new generation, you can't just push a mm-hmm. game because if you push a game, you're pushing all of that back. And that's just not, they, they probably looked at that and said, okay, the, the stuff that we're going to be focusing on with the game, if we pushed everything back, it's going to be a huge financial hit for us. We'll just have to take the L and we'll have to have a buggy game. Hopefully it's still, people can still see the content and see the content is great outside of the mechanical and functional issues of the game. But Thinking about that, I was like, "Yeah, they can't delay this. They'd be delaying everything. They can't. Mm, yeah. They have a they have a time frame of that. What the anime was going to go up when the trading cards were gone. Like that's already set in stone. Um, so in the in in terms of that, it's like I, I understand. I hope that this does get some performance upgrades too, and we can fix a lot of those issues because unfortunately, that became what everybody saw." No one saw a lot of the good stuff like that we did where the open world or some of those other things. And it does have its its shortcomings. I think a lot of the cities in this are just completely void of personality when it came to cities and and, um, sword and shield. But again, that can be a lot of constraint and had to focus on other aspects like Area Zero and like Arvin's story. We can see that definitely was where the focus was. In terms of Ash and Pikachu... I'm sad. <laughs> I'm sad, man. I feel old. <laughs> it, yeah, it's weird. I this Pokemon's interesting because it's one of these franchises that have been around my entire life. Like I've I've had some association with this since I could like literally remember anything. My first memory, there's Pokemon there. Um so it's weird to see Ash go, but I think it, it, it's interesting because now they're doing this aimed to be a Pokemon Master series, which is these eleven episodes that follow Ash. And so far, I can I can already see they're they're a hundred percent leaving leaning into kind of the fanfare and doing things that fans have wanted. There was only two episodes so far, and Ash already has swapped his team to his older Pokemon and, and ran into companions and everything. He's traveling with Misty again, which that's just mm-hmm. that's super cool. So I I think maybe after these eleven episodes, I'll they'll hopefully put this bow on that that is a feels like a good farewell to Ash, but it's still it's still sad to see. But and Ash I, and Misty will finally kiss. I don't think so. I'll take I'll take like subtlety, hold hands or like something like. Mm-hmm. Give me, I mean, give, give, me got, give me some. I just gotten a few kisses over the years, to be honest. Not, uh, not from the original. Not from the not OG from the girl, though. Uh, not from the so OG. I'm excited going forward. I like the Pokemon anime usually for the most part. I watched X and Y, and I watched um, the Sword and Shield anime too, and they're, they're both those specifically are really well animated. So go check them out if you want to watch them. But yeah. I'm excited. It's Pokemon. I'm going to watch it and play it and experience <laughs> it because I love the shit out of this franchise. <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't be happier that Ash, that this is how Ash goes. Like, what a perfect ending. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Like, even in a meta sense, like, Ash, like, the debate around Ash's, like, battle style and everything has been a contention for fans for decades. Yeah. Like Ash is so stupid, he can't battle. Um, no, he tight matchups. <laughs> it's interesting because we, I think we finally reached a consensus that Ash is like almost power. I guess. Yeah, is that he can break the rules of conventional Pokemon battling. Like he can do things that no other trainer can. He can think up of strategies that should not work in any sense and make them work. And that it's his unpredictability. But now he has so much experience 
mm-hmm. over years has been such a slow burn of him getting all this experience. You know, some seasons he's better at battling than others, but that up and down is almost like it finally paid off. Yeah. He went toe to toe with all of the big hit, like Cynthia, yeah. freaking mm-hmm. Elaine with his mega Charizard. Yeah. Not just uh, champion, he's world champion now. Yeah, yeah, no, he is like, he is not just a poke. He's the Pokemon master. Yeah. He did yeah, it. number one. Like that battle with Leon, bro. Oh my god! I actually don't think he beat Elaine. I think he beat Steven and then Cynthia. Leon, and Leon then destroyed Elaine. Elaine super quickly. Yeah, I, I forgot. Like, yeah, Leon, Leon destroyed Elaine, but yeah. he beat Steven, Cynthia, and Leon to oh, take home so the team. What Three a heavy hitters. team, too. Like yeah. Dragonite, Gengar, Surfetch, Dracovish. What? Like, yeah. I know. It was amazing. And yeah. I don't think it could have ended. And now we're on this, like, you know, falling action phase where. It's like kind of like a cool down. We're like kind of cool like off gonna the be, hype. Yeah. Like going back, traveling with Misty again. You know, yeah. getting, seeing that right before he goes. Like, what a way to, what a way to end. I never thought it would end, but. What a way yeah. to to end Ash! Like now, everyone right. like on Twitter, like like everyone's rooting for him now. Like everyone's like, I, "That's yeah. my boy since day one." Like I knew he could do it. <laughs> like every everyone has really come around on Ash. I think at least the major yeah. is like, "Yeah, Ash is a good battler, and he deserves mm. this." Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's it's it all it really is like seeing a real person. Like, like achieve their dreams and accomplish yeah. their dreams. Yeah, yeah as he's so been, weird. he's been someone we've literally watched for years and years and years. Yeah, and it's it's, crazy. it's so surreal to see him achieve it. Mm-hmm. Like, actually, obviously, there was the Alola League, and he became a champion. But this is this, this is, is a, this voice. is above that. This is beyond just that, and it's like what a legacy to leave. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I think Ash as a character has always been interesting. I th- I think he differs in a lot of ways from your other like kind of stereotypical anime protagonists, whereas mm-hmm. like your Goku's and your Naruto's and, and characters like that that have kind of these fleshed out character. Not that Goku has a character arc; he's he more static. People, but yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, other there are some pretty compelling character arcs in other popular animes, and ash has always kind of had this story but he's also had a role that i feel is like more important and and uh, that of brand ambassador ash has been the face of the franchise for 25 years and ash's role has not been to succeed in his story but to continue to be the face of pokemon for 25 years and to sell cards and be basically be the spokesperson for Mm -hmm. pokemon um so when you have someone like that you can't have them conclude an arc too fast because you obviously need the strength of their recognizability to sell merchandise. Yeah. So I think to get a conclusion for him that, yeah, especially those of us that have grown up in as millennials, as, as Gen Z seeing the kind of world we've been brought up in where it's like, we've been told our whole lives to like, Hey, pursue your dreams. And then when we get into the real world, it's like, well, sometimes your dreams aren't viable. You have to, kind of sacrifice for to live your life and to see him someone we've grown up with and rooted for for 25 years to fulfill that it gives us a little bit of hope and like i said the the joy on twitter when he won was was like everyone was talking about it everyone was super psyched it was was palpable 
yeah. it was super it was super cool. And I haven't seen the whole episode, but I've seen most of the fight and, mm-hmm. and mashup clips on social media. Again, too, the the Pokemon anime in terms of animation has like the f- anime fights like feel like anime fights. Yeah, now. like they're yeah. like they're that, really like they're really good. That like, Pikachu and Charizard fight at the very end. They just oh, like they're like we're gonna put everything bro, into this moment. We're exactly. gonna blow the rest of the animation budget for the rest of the yeah, year on this like, fight. Like, let's, oh my let's god, go. the the scene where all the pa- every single one of his past, Pokemon, past like, Pokemon like appeared to Pikachu. Yo. Yeah, like wow. How? They milked it all for, so for, every, for every squeeze of nostalgia it they could. It was great. <laughs> yeah, it worked. It so, worked so well. So yeah, I think it, it's it'll be certainly interesting. It's certainly interesting for them to like finally let him go and go in a new direction. And I think it's time considering the type yeah. of game that Scarlet and Violet was. In in terms of Scarlet and Violet as a game and just kind of what happened, there there's two there's two conflicting sides of me that make this argument. First of all, there's a side of me that realizes that Pokemon is ultimately a kids franchise mm-hmm. and it's never going to get obviously they'd have all the budget and money in the world to throw at it if they wanted to, but they don't have to because it's it's Pokemon and it's going to sell and it's you don't come to Pokemon games for for animation for graphics for for the things that you go to say like your god of wars or your sony cinematic experiences yeah. like that's not pokemon that's never been pokemon it's it's never going to be pokemon the other side of me is a little bit mad because first of all for N- nintendo does weird shit all the time but for nintendo to put out games that have if i could be so bold to say change the industry on the switch thinking about mario odyssey and zelda breath of the wild specifically and for arguably pokemon to be as big of a franchise as those two and it for it to release in this state is surprising to me that nintendo would allow this and i don't know what the relationship the power dynamic between nintendo and the pokemon company is that's that's what i was i don't know yeah. yeah i don't know what the inner workings of that is because I, I just don't know. But the fact that it released in this state is almost insulting to me as a Pokemon fan that I feel like this franchise that is arguably the most valuable intellectual property in the entire world deserves more love than it gets. And I don't know if that's a Game Freak problem, that they don't have any experience making. They've always made games that have not been cutting edge. Pokemon games have always lagged behind whatever generation they're in. That's mm-hmm. I don't think that's unfair to say. So it's part of me says that it deserves more. It deserves to be more respected than than the way this released. And I have to whenever Nintendo makes missteps, one of their strengths as a company is they always pivot. So GameCube pivoted to the Wii, major success. Fail the Wii U, pivot to the Switch, major success. So Nintendo always pivots away from failures to mm-hmm. to successes. Not that Scarlet and Violet's a failure because it's going to be a commercial success. It already is a commercial success. But I can't imagine that nintendo would let this happen again and i hopefully this kind of spurs some i don't know if you just bring in some more experienced developers at game freak or or what that looks like but hopefully this spurs a brighter future for pokemon out of this whole kind of graphical mess bring some new people in like like, they had bandai namco do um uh game the people game freak need yeah or the people game freak need to make other types of games to get experience in making other yeah. types of games so they can make Pokemon better. I don't know, but uh, yeah, that that's kind of the warring sides of me. Yeah. But and until people get sick of that, 
Game Freak's not going to get the message because that's the only message they're going to get is with their wallet. And right now, the message they got is this was a huge success. And (laughs) I think Scarlet and Violet's a good game. I would love to see them fix it. I don't know if it'll ever get fixed to the point where it's optimal. Yeah, I don't know if that'll happen. But that's kind of where where I stand. I think this is and I think we're on the precipice of, you know, uh, a brand new Pokemon game we've never gotten before. And Ash is leaving the series. Mm -hmm. This is uncharted territory as much as it could be for the pokemon company so yeah i I think it'll be interesting to see kind of what the next steps are what happens in the future so sorry that was my rambling no i didn't even like consider that too i mean i i understand that clearly these are pivotal points but just like the anime with ash that has had so much success and popularity and leaving that behind and you know still having a the core of pokemon and battling gyms but deviating away from you know a little bit of what made that formula and that dna and right I mean, they're they're hoping that the success and the the twenty five plus years of of franchises and fans they have will continue that. But it's going to be interesting to see how this change, what seems like on a company wide scale with all of their avenues, is going to do to the the franchise going forward. Right. Any closing thoughts on that, Tyler? Um, I think you guys have been basically saying what I was going to say. I was trying to think, oh, can yeah. I expand on this? And I was like, mm, no, they're just, I think they're just, they just got it. I hope they don't throw it to me because I don't have anything anymore. Uh, I ramble for a hot minute. But, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, I, I'm just taking a pessimistic stance on this. Like, I don't think Game Freak is going to change much of their operation of their operations because mm-hmm. they don't have to. Like, we are gonna, yeah. Like, they're they're on a track to success. They could, they'd have to seriously fuck up. Like, real, real bad. You know, some people thought that this would be it, but obviously that's not mm-hmm. the case. Because the There's story... aspects of this that were great. Like you said, Air Zero in its just entirety yeah. made the game for me. Yeah, like, the game is still, like, playable. And, like, even, again, like, I don't know how they do it, but they have this fun polish mm-hmm. really down. Like, but especially again, in their Pokemon, because so many franchises so many other companies have tried to do the monster collecting thing some have worked like temtem was good like uh nexomon was fine but game freak just has this way of making pokemon in which i mean some people might feel this they see pokemon like that doesn't feel like a pokemon but uh, even if i may have like even a hindrance of, of feeling like that and hesitance towards them by the time the I'm, i've rolled credits on the game all of these are now pokemon to me like they, yeah. they feel like they naturally fit mm-hmm. in this world yeah, like the the terrain is ugly, but running around on it and jumping on the back of a sentient motorcycle is fun. <laughs> you know, gliding yeah. around is also fun. What's not fun is they yeah. took out the uh, shiny sound from Legend Arceus when one spawns. Not cool. Not okay with that. Uh, but yeah, like yeah, the land the landmarks are low res and low poly, but they're still cool to explore. A giant lake with a bunch of islands in the center of it ice like there's a whole cave system within like one of the mountainous paths Mm -hmm. uh seeing the titan pokemon like off in the distance uh for some cases and going to it obviously you can't see too far because of the render distance uh but even still that's besides the point like it's so it's so strange how they do it they they have just the right amount of this intangible fun factor it's it's that pokey magic it's that pokey mm-hmm. magic. That's true. And I feel like most of like the momentum that has been created from 
Pokemania back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that's still going. Like, it's, it's really the community that keeps this game yeah. alive. Because, mm-hmm. like, this is Pokemon is such a unique experience that, you know, again, the nostalgia, you know, people are teaching their kids how to play Pokemon, who will teach their kids how to play Pokemon, mm-hmm. because that was just such a huge part yeah. of their lives. Because yeah. Pokemon, again, being the largest media franchise in the world, it's hard to miss. Yeah. Games, it's like you said, trading cards, they, shows, every, it's yeah. everywhere. Mm-hmm. They'd have to really, really fucking miss. If it, if the three of us ever don't buy a Pokemon game, that's when you know that it's probably done. Like, <laughs> yeah, like the three of us all have point. shows where we talk about video games. If we don't get a, if we don't get a Pokemon game, something is They're very done. bad. Something's wrong. Something's wrong with that. It, it would. It would take a drastic misstep, I think, to 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 mess up that badly. And I, yeah. I don't even know. I, I can't even imagine what what that would what, look like. What could I don't even look like? I don't wanna, yeah, I don't want to. It, it would just have it's to be scary. like a like, like such a train wreck of a game or they'd have to put like such egregious microtransactions in it that that's uh, a battle. Pass. That Your the, starters the are locked behind a paywall. <laughs> yeah, that the community would just have to like stop, or yeah, it's like to get the legendary. It's like, oh, you gotta do a hundred things of a bat- hundred levels of a battle pass, and be like, no, that's yeah. not cool. Yeah, game freaks uh, cheap, but they're not they're not stupid. Like they're gonna ride that stupid. line between how much can we cut down on costs to make this game while still mm-hmm. knowing that people are gonna eat it up. Also, Nintendo is always it down. Been it's like the- a, it's like a graph. Yeah. Also, yeah, Nintendo yeah. has always been the like, oh, you're doing that. It's successful. We're going to do something different and not do that. So, yeah, <laughs> right. That's the most surprising thing, because Pokemon out of all their franchises has probably innovated the least. I mean, you see franchises that are 10 years older, Zelda and Mario still innovating and mm-hmm. still being incredible every time they innovate yeah. when they come out. And Nintendo just allows Pokemon to kind of like be the same, but with incremental change. Yeah. I mean, technically, I really, Pokemon's not like a first party because it's no it's like it's not second party at this yeah it's a weird but nintendo has a stake in the poke the pokemon company is a joint venture between nintendo game freak and creatures inc yeah Uh, they all kind of have a hand in it i would be really curious this would be the almost interesting thing because i i don't has he ever talked about it i wonder how miyamoto feels about pokemon pokemon has mm-hmm. has he ever talked about it? Because Miyamoto is very famously like not a fan of RPGs. He doesn't think they're fun, and he designs he a game until he feels like Pokemon? it's fun for him. I would oh, be boy. curious to just see like That'd what his, has he said anything about? It? I just be curious I, to see. I what can't his remember idea. any like famous quotes or anything <laughs> on him about it. Yeah, but. I'd just be curious to see like what he has to say about it because I and I know if Miyamoto ran that team that he that game would never have release like that ever. oh he'd be no like we're, we're, we're doing <laughs> six to seven years in between these games and it's gonna be polished as fuck yeah. after it comes back out yeah yeah so i just be curious to see about that but um I'm yeah interesting times curious. ahead yeah sorry uh interesting times ahead for sure i'm most curious about the anime that, that's what i was gonna say yeah, uh, yeah. same I, I apologize i am i'm cutting you off so much this episode i, I really do apologize for that we're just also excited that we're talking over each other. And I think yeah, that's, that's what it is. <laughs> so that's, that's perfectly fine. But I'm trying to be time conscious for all of us. And we're, yeah, I know it's, it's already past midnight where Tyler is. So um, I'm chilling. Yeah. yeah interest, interesting times ahead for uh, the Pokemon company and us as fans, I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens. So yeah, uh, I think we're going to wrap it up here, but if you guys would just spare me a couple more minutes of your time, I think we have time for one more thing. And I couldn't think of a better episode to bring this back on, so I think it's time to bring back everyone's Let's favorite go. segment, Pokedex, please. Oh, boy. 
I've been demanding it. I've been, I've been in the comments. I'm like, where is my Pokedex, please? has never been a part of Pokedex, please, I, but uh, if this is your first, this. if this is your first time, I wrote this up actually I don't know how I didn't see it coming, but here we are. <laughs> we have to do this at the end. It's only proper. Uh, for those of you are listening, if this is your first episode, uh, Pokedex, please, is the famous segment where we go over the entries in the Pokedex and talk about how terrifying the world of Pokemon would actually be to live in because it's actually terrifying if the Pokedex entries are to be believed. They are written by 10 year olds, so take it with a grain of salt. But if this was the case, you would not want to live here. So today's, I actually picked out two for the return. I felt like with the start of 2023, we had to pick two Pokemon. So we're going to start off with one from this generation, Generation 9, Scarlet mm -hmm. and Violet. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we're going to single out my boy, Nacklestack, for this entry. Oh, Nacklestack. Evolves from Nackley at level 24 and into Garganical at level 38, mm -hmm. if I'm saying that correctly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Two foot tall, coming in at a stocky 231.5 pounds. <laughs> Thick boy, for sure. And... This is the entry from Poke the Scarlet entry. This is the Scarlet Pokedex entry. This Pokemon dry cures its prey by spraying salt all over them. The curing process steals away the water in the prey's body. So Nacklesack basically turns you into beef jerky. Just, <laughs> just if you think about it, blood like water bending all of the the, the, the moisture water from your body. your body slowly and painfully. <laughs> So just imagine like you're taking like a nap on the ground and like you just sleeping in like a knackle you wake up and knackle sack is just literally like pruning you like turn like sucking the one of your legs is just like beef jerky as you wake up <laughs> shriveling you into beef jerky it, it is super <laughs> it is super strange because i i've i've thought about this dex entry because it's strange because <laughs> the shift from knackle stack to garganackle is immense because Garganackle is all like, oh, his entry is like, oh, you, he uses he sprinkles salt on wounds to heal oh, them, yeah. and and they heal it in no time at all. It's like something what? happened between those two. Evolutions. What happened with his personality shift during evolution? <laughs> his final form, he's just so repentant for all the beef jerky that he made during his for second all the form. Souls he reaved. He went yeah, to right. mortal <laughs> coil with his he salt. Worked, he worked through his issues, and now he knows <laughs> to use his powers responsibly. Right, he uses his powers to heal. He had that edgy, like, middle teenager phase, and now he's using his powers. Yeah, imagine a teenager, but with the power to turn you into beef jerky. Like, that's just, that's just dangerous. <laughs> just, oh my, yeah, it, it, I, I imagine it's not, oh. I just wonder what its prey is, right? Because, right. obviously, salt, salt cure is, yeah. is the move. more effective on water and steel types. Right, yeah. So, I don't know. Like, is it a? It must be a meat eater, because it's probably it probably. Yeah. I, I say I, it probably goes against like after water types like off the shoreline, of like rocky coast or something. Oh like, man. Some, I just have to assume it's worst case scenario and that it's people and it's just human jerky. <laughs> so I mean, I have to assume I have to assume it's worst case scenario. <laughs> I want to know uh, how I can get on the Pokemon team and write Dex entries because that seems like the best <laughs> job. That seems like ever. the best job ever. Yeah. 
some of them, it, you'll be like reading and be like, oh, this one's cute, this one's cute, this one's cute. This one is the most horrifying Eldritch thing I've ever read in my entire yeah. life. Yeah, so. it's... Um, I, I imagine there's got to be like like a Pokemon version of YouTube and there are like <laughs> horror channels that are like top five deaths caused by unassuming Pokemon in the wild. <laughs> top Number five, five Knackle Stack. <laughs> Turn you into human jerky. Yeah. A man was but, found yeah. on the coast of, of Area 3 uh, in Province <laughs> 2 of the Paldea region. The news would Just be insane. Crumpled <laughs> into a prune. You think Florida's bad? Yeah, not on the Pokemon world. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but yeah, I just... Out of all the ways to be killed, you know, um, Gorbis drinks you from the inside like a juice yeah, box. I was going to bring up Gorbis. I remember that one. Yeah. Ugh. And like, uh, Cacturns like hunt you in the desert and wait for you to fall asleep and yeah. just... Gore all you these with things. The, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, turning into human jerky is not any better, I don't think. Just being near it's, a Litwick, like, that's just not a good time either. You're, yeah, you're right, so. What could be um, your second had, Pokemon, though, Eric? I'm, I, what yeah, could be so, that? I, I picked the second one. This one's not quite as, like, horrifying in the painful death sort of way, but uh, I picked one from Generation 5 that has a fantastic uh, entry for Gen 9, so. And that, of course, is none other than Gothel. Oh, oh yeah. Shit, from, I know what you're talking from about. Rita <laughs> at level 41. 4 foot 11 inches, 97 pounds, and the Scarlet Pokedex entry is as follows. Gothel unleashes psychic energy and shows opponents dreams of the universe's end. These dreams are <laughs> apparently ethereal and beautiful. Yeah. So, Important this note. is on the other end of the spectrum? Important Terrifying. Not the, not the end of the world. The end yeah, of the universe. the universe. The universe. Which... There's a lot of speculation on how that can happen, but the most widely accepted theory is that black holes like slowly devour everything, yeah, and death. then there's just a yeah, yeah, there's just periods of hundreds of trillions of years where there's just black holes and nothing else. Here is <laughs> so. Oh, so you're telling me every time a Gothitelle uses psychic on my Garganacle, it sees. Yeah, that's the, why Nacle Stack is so angry and he's jerking people. It he sees knows the beautif end. beautiful oblivion before just it itself falls unconscious. Just yes. hundreds of trillions of years of the black void. <laughs> That's all that it sees. <laughs> so. That's probably why, it, like, it, it just like it faints. It's like I'm, I'm at peace. I, I've I'm seen done. the end. I can't. I can't take anymore. Yeah. Oh my uh, like, god. So like, it, it, it apparently sees like the sun turning into a, like a red dwarf and incinerating the planet, and then every terrible thing that happens in the universe after that until the end of time. And if that doesn't make you faint, I don't know what would. Gothitel shows you every star dying in real time, but also at the same time within <laughs> the course of three seconds of a single psychic type attack. <laughs> Can Gothitel like, tell me how the Pokemon anime is going to do? Because I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. Yeah, right. Can we see how it's going yeah, to Yeah, That's actually do. the catalyst is uh, is this new series oh, yeah, that yeah. kicks off like like an atom bomb uh, chain yeah. reaction of events that results in the premature heat death of the universe. The last episode is Ash encountering a Gothitelle oh and my God. using Psychic on him. And then th then the following is like what he sees from now until like the end of time. That's <laughs> Bro, that's Ash fucking dying in the last episode of the anime <laughs> would be... Don't say that. <laughs> like, what kind of timeline would be would we be shunted into for that to happen? Man, it'd be the dark timeline. At the hands of the, Gothitelle, obviously. The timeline no, where he, Link he, dies. It would be juice box by Gorbis. He's going to be swimming in Alola and <laughs> juice box by Gorbis. Come on, Pikachu, let's swim in the hook. Just, just drank. 
consumed. You know, like when you know in uh, Dragon Ball Z when Cell would just drink people oh, with his tail. Oh no! Yeah, stop. That's, that's it, exactly bro. like that's it's it. exactly, that's exactly like what's that. gonna happen. <laughs> Jesus. And that has been another installment <laughs> of everyone's favorite segment, Pokédex. Please uh, don't ever choose to live in the world of Pokémon because it is, it is terrifying bad, yeah. and dreadful. You will see the end of the universe if you're not turned into human jerky first i don't know <laughs> on on that note guys thank you that i think that was a perfect note to end it on uh yeah jared tyler thank you guys so much for joining me uh, this is going to be like a two-hour episode yeah, uh, that that, that awesome. seems to be the theme when I guest on people's shows. <laughs> it's just long that's, as that's awesome. what I was gonna that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Awesome, awesome conversation. I knew having you guys on would just be a two hours of just passionate Pokemon discussion and it didn't disappoint. So thank you guys so much. Uh, would you like to take a minute just to this is everybody's first episode, uh just kind of shill what your guys' shows are and what you guys are all about. Go for it, Tyler. Sure. Uh so I'm one of the co-hosts of the Switch It Up podcast. We are a gaming podcast focused mainly on Nintendo games, uh, Pokemon being one of the hot topics recently. Uh, but we also have some love. We we have very recently uh, Jared on our own show talking about uh, our impressions of Scarlet and Violet as well. So uh, this is before he beat the game. So it's slightly <laughs> if you want to hear my thoughts before <laughs> I beat the game. So, but. You know, we go into a few different uh, categories. Still a good listen. Yeah. Definitely, I think that one got to three hours again. Yep. Uh, we. Wow. I, I would also recommend uh, a collab that we did with uh, our your lovely host here, Eric, uh, on Xenoblade Chronicles Three. Uh, Oof. Fittingly, three hours again. Uh, <laughs> we just have lots to say, guys. Uh, so if you're ever, you know. Going on a road trip, uh, you know, t- t- turn <laughs> us on, hear, hear us out, uh, just shooting the breeze, you know, not too, nothing too crazy, just trying to talk like you're in the room with us and just talking about video games and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, my, my co-host sends his regards, of course, uh, Colby, and uh, yeah, you can find <laughs> us on uh, Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, anywhere you listen to your podcast, we, we will probably be there. There's going to be five other uh, podcasts that say they're Switch It Up. Uh, we they're are definitely not original with that name, but uh, I think our logo is pretty good, recognizable, so you'll probably see it. But yeah, that's that's us, Jared. Wha- what do you got? What's, uh, see if you can outshill that. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh man. Um, I, can't, I, I won't be able to. That's, that's too much show for me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm Jared, Play Along Podcast, me and my other two co-hosts, Kai and Ben. We play through games in kind of like a book club format. So what we'll do is we'll each take a game and then break it up into sections. And we'll come together each week and talk about that section specifically. Uh, what we really do is really, really dive into the narrative as well as talking about gameplay and our feelings. But we do dive deep into the narrative. So if you're looking for spoilers, we're trying to avoid spoilers. We always tell you guys to either play the game along with us name of the show or play the game first and then come back and listen to us too but honestly google play along podcast you'll find our league tree and you'll find all of our stuff there which you can follow us depending on when this comes out we're probably playing through mass effect maybe we're playing through something we're always having fun games with the three of us there we all have different gaming experiences and different likes so we're always go through a backlog we have tons of different kinds of games with so much variety of different genres too 
If you aren't listening to either Switch It Up or Play Along Podcast, I don't know what you're doing with your life. They're in my <laughs> weekly rotations every week. Or at least, Tyler, when you guys have episodes come out, I, I yeah, listen. We're, uh, disclaimer. <laughs> uh, we are both in... Me, me and my lovely co-host are both in school. Uh, so I have an episode that I'm editing now. So uh, hey. it probably still won't be out by the time this episode comes out. <laughs> uh, the the, the schedule is getting March, pretty... <laughs> I was going to say end of uh, the universe, maybe. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, there we <laughs> go. Only Gothitelle knows. Brought it back Gothitelle around. Look at us. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, we're a bit more slow going on the episodes, but we to make up for it, they're usually very long. So uh, <laughs> I think you'll still get a uh, bang for your buck. They're great. Check them out. Yeah. Thank you for calling me out. <laughs> but of course, <laughs> no guys, uh, you're already here. So if you haven't listened to more of uh, this lovely gentleman's yeah, uh, podcast, Unlockable. The show's amazing, fantastic Jeez. show. Uh, we, I, we have both, I believe, you and I, Jared, both have both been on here yeah. before several times. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you, both both Unlockables alumni at this point. I was about you to say, uh, my when, when can I get my uh, bumper? Waiting on my, my, my diploma. Sticker. Yeah, I'd like to hang <laughs> that up. Yeah. Actually, I get like some Letterman jackets for yeah. you guys. <laughs> yeah, can I put this on a resume? Actually. Yeah, if you want to, just don't let anybody know that I host it. Fantastic, <laughs> just uh, as Loki as possible. Honest, but but uh, yeah, back back to you, Eric. Yeah, well, thank you guys. I appreciate it uh, as always. It's always a good time to talk to you guys, and we always have great conversations. So um, I know I kept you guys up late. Thank you so much. Uh, for me, uh, hi, I'm Eric from the Unlockables Podcast. You already know that because you're already listening to the show. Uh, if you'd like to find me, you can just go to my link tree, which apparently are out of date and not cool anymore linktr.ee forward slash unlockables podcast. It has all of my social media links there, all links to the show, wherever you want to listen to. Uh, come and join our lovely Discord server that I made in a panic because I thought Twitter was going to sink, but I guess Twitter's like fine now. Nobody knows. We'll see how long Elon Musk takes to like tank that down, but we'll see. Yeah, jump in, uh, join the show. We've got a lot of awesome stuff coming up. Guiding Keys, the story of Kingdom Hearts is coming back. I've got two brand new series in production that may or may not be out. Uh, we're doing House of Mario and Visions of Fantasy, the storytellers of Square. Super pumped to share those with you guys once I have them finished, or they may or may not be finished. This is March in the future. Hello. Hi. <laughs> if you if those are out already, great. I hope you enjoyed them. If not, you'll enjoy them in the future. I don't know. We'll see. But from all of us here at the Unlockables Podcast, thank you so much for listening. And remember, it's not just the story of video games. It is the story of you. <laughs>